Tonight's episode of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club is brought to you by Drew Estate. Come experience the rebirth of cigars at www.drewestate.com and download the free Drew Diplomat smartphone app today to discover nearby retailers, RSVP to special events, redeem points to win exclusive Drew Estate merchandise, and much, much more. and sisters of the leaf coming to you live once again from well all over the fucking place it's the tuesday night cigar club tonight your favorite crew of lovable numbnuts hang out with their old pal charles bronson or uh, sorry scratch that i mean their old pal robert bronzy as they discuss his brand new action thriller escape from death block 13 while reviewing the kick-ass Farce Maduro Cigar from Room 101, paired with some tasty knock-your-ass-out craft beers. Sounds like we're in store for one hell of a good time, you filthy low-life punks. So sit back, light them up, and enjoy this show, or else you're dead meat, punks. Do I look happy, boys? <laughs> yeah, it looks happy to me. I look happy? Yeah. You know why? Why wouldn't you be? Because I am happy. I'm very, very happy. We are smack dab in the middle of football season. And my Chicago Chicago Bears finally showed their first signs of life this week. Y'all's Cowboys are doing great for the most part. A little little (laughs) off track, but hey, for the most part, you guys are looking great. Uh, the fighting Aggies of Texas A&M knocked off number one Alabama. Yeah, that was a good game, man. And in the greatest sports news of all time, not this week, of all time, Aaron Rodgers, the smug, pretentious know-it-all, who it turns out actually knows jack shit about anything other than lying his scruffy hobo balls off. And making a total irresponsible jackass out of himself. <laughs> That's right. I said scruffy hobo balls. Deal with it. Before you put the final nail in my woke cancel culture coffin. He's finally been exposed to everyone for the condescending ass wipe that he is and always has been. And I'm not just saying that as a lifelong Bears fan. Yay, sports. Hey. <laughs> Don't you mean that he exposed everyone to the condescending? Asshole that he's been. I like I like what you did there, Todd. Seriously, 
I've been calling this critical thinking turd out for over a decade. And finally, now that he got caught lying about being vaccinated, others are seeing the light and it is awesome. And I real quick, I can't believe I'm having to say this, but if like Aaron Rodgers, you're taking medical advice from a fucking podcast host such as myself instead of, you know, doctors, well, then turn off this show right fucking now because our very own pretend doctor is known to say some wacky stuff. And it is and it is always strictly for entertainment purposes. Am I right, doctor? This is all a revelation to me, but uh, yeah, yes, of course. Nothing I say should ever be considered. Uh, <laughs> Tonight's the good news anymore. Tonight, <laughs> no, no. Put the glasses back, doctor. Put the glasses back on. Finally, I feel, I feel right. All of a sudden, I feel right, but I feel right. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, after five years or six years, seven years, I know, knew the la- the last time he was at the house, and he corrected my children and told them to address him as doctor i thought he might be in too deep uh, <laughs> yeah listen boys tonight's cigar is named the farce and a farce is a noun that's defined as a false derisive and impudent imitation of something burlesque caricature mock mockery parody sham and travesty aaron Rodgers is an imitation of a criminal critical thinker he's a total mockery of a team leader. The dude is a selfish farce, and I'm thrilled that the sham is finally up. Bear down. Fuck that dude. Amen. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna ride that train with you. Uh but I, I do wanna man, I, please tell me you you chose the cigar farce because of Aaron Rodgers, not because of the star of our movie. Well, it, it, it does have multiple tie-ins tonight, uh, Todd. <laughs> I, felt, I, mean, I, felt, I felt a lot better deflecting some of that. Tonight is, tonight's film is a farce of an action movie. Let me put it that way. Okay, yeah, I'll go with that. I, I'm not going to put that the farce title on our beloved Bronzy. Um, <laughs> but we, we'll get more on that later. Now that, uh, but Aaron wrapped, Rodgers, definitely farce. Hey, we've wrapped up our sports segment. That was fun. Sports. I could be on ESPN. Look at me. (laughs) You know what really grinds my gears? Bear down. (laughs) Uh, Welcome, everyone, to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club, episode 149. And thank you, boys, for giving me that moment to uh, get that off my chest. I just, I have loathed this prick for so long. And every I don't know what, every five minutes he comes on the TV with his stupid commercials. And I'm trying to tell people one day, one day you'll see. And here we are. Victory's mine. You know what? You're more, <laughs> right is mine. You know. You're more right than you know. Even my sister has turned on him. Oh, she was a fan. Yes. My mother was not. My mother couldn't stand him because he apparently like didn't get along with his family. Well, if you watch The Bachelor, you know that uh, his brother was on there. And he, the minute he got any kind of fame, he ch- kicked his parents and his brother, allegedly, to the curb. Uh, my mother, who's a allegedly. football fan. The allegedly. women in my family are football fans. My mother was anti-Aaron Rodgers for a long time. So was I. Uh, my sister was one of those, you know, <sighs> which I think was a lot of a lot of women. But, uh, no, she's, she's totally turned around on him now. She's, oh. 
Well, now that he now that he looks like well, Obi Obi Wan Kenobi's nutsack, like I don't think I don't think many women are swoon, swooning over this guy anymore. Well, I'm sure Green Bay fans still are because I mean I'm sorry the dude's still a hell of a quarterback. He's Actually, I, I I have it on good faith from a a very close family friend up in Green Bay. I dare you insult Alec Guinness that way. <laughs> I'm just saying he wears those big brown robes in the middle of the desert. You know things get gross down there. I mean, he looks like that. He looks like that creepy old. He looks like that creepy old homeless guy from Home Alone. That's like always terrifying the children. But I'm just saying, look, he came out with another statement. He came out all ballsy, like you know, he he was so smarter than the room. Somebody said it best the other day. You know, Aaron Rodgers is just. Smart enough to not know how stupid he is, uh, but he came out. He came out with another statement. Is like, hey, anybody who felt misguided by my words, he basically is like, I'm sorry, you're an idiot. That's on me. That's on me for <laughs> talking about me. It's like you were asked if you're vaccinated. You start your next sentence started with the word yeah. Well, if they'd asked me a follow-up, I would have gone into the research I did. Research this, fuckface. Banned. He's banned from the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. We're never going to have Aaron Rodgers on the show. He can beg. He can crawl. He can send the DMs. I don't care how much his agents wants him on the show. It's not going to happen. I'll tell you what. Unless I get paid a huge appearance fee, then he can show up. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that little that little guy with the big smile on the State Farm commercials that seems buddy buddy with Aaron Rodgers. If he doesn't start to look deep into his where he stands on all this, he can get banned too from the show. I heard that. I mean, Jake from State Farm, you're risking your career, buddy. That dude with the cheese on his head that everybody kind of likes. No, yeah. no, sorry, man, you're losing your TNCC connection. I actually think Yak Boy banned Jake from State Farm a couple of years ago, and he wouldn't really get into why. He's just like, trust me, we don't want him. Let's, let's just talk about Aaron Rodgers and why we don't like him. Oh, that's, that's yeah, boy. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, boy. Didn't see you down there. I think it's because uh, Jake asked for a substitute on that sampler platter. <laughs> oh, you know he did. You know he did. Just going to keep going there, are we? I'm with you, man. Fucking needy people can't take what's on the menu. Uh, I heard that because the moment you give Jake from State Farm sub- a substitution on the planter, you know Jason from TNCC is going to be asking, get those mushrooms out of there. <laughs> and so you have to hold that line. You have to hold that line. Can you believe that self-centered dickhead actually thought he was going to be the new host of Jeopardy? Really? Does anybody watch Jeopardy anymore? I mean, without Trebek. Yes. Gazillions of people. I mean, <laughs> thought he was just going to Trebek. Oh, well, that, that. Although now you can do the Sean Connery stuff with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Rodgers! Oh. You swore from last night, are you? <laughs> I'm expecting some kind of Packer joke. <laughs> Rodgers, packing the old cannon, are you? No surprise you played for the Packers for the last decade and a half. <laughs> Packed it in there good, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> <The> day is mine. <laughs> Thank you, boys. Th- thank you for supporting me in this moment. Uh, we're well, all we're all in a lot of trouble. Well, <laughs> folks, our march <laughs> to Halloween is officially over. We wrapped that up uh, in our last episode. Uh, so tonight we're going to cleanse our palate of nonstop horror movies and shift gears. 
drastically shift gears, you filthy punks. And we're doing a bron- <laughs> we're doing a bronzy movie. Um, if you loyal listeners will know, we uh, we discovered bronzy, which I'll get to when we introduce the film out later. But um, I'm just telling you right now because we didn't get any bronzy voice in this film. Um, I, I might feel like I need to fill in some gaps throughout the evening because uh, <laughs> I, I felt like a whole part of me was left unfulfilled by this movie because they they didn't use a they used a Charles Bronson lookalike without a Charles Bronson voice and I found it very odd and unsettling. Um, but before we get into all that, what do we do here every episode, Yak Boy? We have a hopefully. Delicious premium cigar. Yes. Paired with hopefully delicious craft beer. Mm-hmm. Whilst reviewing a hopefully cinematic gem. Uh, that's the plan. We try to make all those elements work together as beautifully as we can. So I'm going to start off by introducing tonight's cigar. It is, as I said, called the Farce. The Farce Maduro, actually, by Room 101. I am typically a big fan of Room 101 cigars. It is a 6x52 Toro Mexican San Andres wrapper, Ecuadorian Sumatra binder. And get this filler, boys. This is why I'm very excited about this. Not only do you have the Mexican San Andres wrapper, Pennsylvania and Connecticut broadleaf fillers, and Mm -hmm. some Nicaragua in the mix. That's that's some powerful, uh, that's some big hitters in there. I will say price point till the last, as always. Um, we have smoked quite a few Room, room 101 cigars over the years from our beloved Namakubi way back in 2016. Uh, it was the Namakubi Ecuador, to be more specific. To last year, we double dipped. We did the Doomsayer one episode, and then we also did the Death Bucket on our last March to Halloween, 2020. And then earlier this year, we all really enjoyed the Murder Hornet uh, mm-hmm. limited release. That's still one of my favorite cigars so far of the year, I think I've had, as far as new cigars. Uh, we've also had the pleasure of welcoming Room 101's Matt Booth on the show before, and what some have said was our most entertaining interview ever. So I am pumped to light up this motherfucker, set on fire, and see what's what. Let's do it. That cold drop for me was pure, really rich sweetness. I almost got like a maple mm-hmm. syrup, maple syrupy kind of sweetness on this yeah. thing. Yeah, there was a hint, hint of hint of uh, uh, alfalfa slash barnyard uh, rodeo stuff. A lot of sweet, lot of sweetness. Uh, almost, uh, almost borderlining on a little chocolate, but it was very, very sweet cold draw. I liked it. It was. It was to me, I kind of got the sense of a a pancake soaked with maple syrup, which is a good thing to taste. Um, I'm getting your uh, rodeo stuff on the smell of the wrapper with some sweetness in there too. It's got a sweet smelling wrapper as well. Um, yeah, especially that foot, which makes sense. You got the the Connecticut and the the Pennsylvania broadleaf that usually has that rich kind of dense sweetness to it. Um, all right, Wong. Well, as I light up, is all that copacetic with what you're getting, Yak Boy? Yes. No, I I agree completely. It was very sweet, and and like t- what Tut said, barnyard stuff. I mean, all of that was there. I had just a you know that sweetness, that alfalfa, a little little touch of leather, but mm-hmm. 
I just lit up, so I'm, I'm interested to see where it's going to go. Okay. I admittedly, I haven't smoked a lot of Room 1. Well, Room 101 hasn't done a lot of darker yeah, Maduro yeah. smokes. They did, they've done some. I think the he, used San, uh, he did do a San Andres wrapper uh, back in the old Davidoff days, which I have a bunch of those, but it wasn't necessarily a dark. It was almost a lighter San Andres wrapper. And then um, one of his master collection, one, I think, was San Andres, too. But I can't think of a broad. I haven't smoked any broadleaf from from Matt Boo. I don't think the payback, big payback is broadleaf, the Maduro. It could be. I don't remember I'm, not, to be I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, this will be interesting to see. Um, Tut, first impressions after lighting up? Oh, I'm, I'm digging it so far. you got a nice – not only do you have that uh, pepper going through the retro hell, there's pepper across. There was a pepper blast across the palate, and then it transitioned very quickly into a nice leather. So that leather, from, that leather you were tasting on the cold draw, seeps over into the, the to the initial light. I'm only a few puffs into it, but so far I'm really liking that combination. Yeah, that that medium to full uh, strength pepper is really tingling up the nostrils. And, uh, yeah, I'm definitely getting the leather. I'm not getting your pepper on the draw, but I am getting just a really full, a really full leather. Um, bright leather? Is that something? What did you call it? Bright something? I think I called it soft leather or no, something. No, you called it bright earth. Bright earth? Well, I'm going to say this is bright <laughs> bright leather. Okay, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about that, then. Oh, and smoke production. Oh, my God. It's just pouring off of this thing. It's like Liga-esque. Okay. Well, we'll come back to this very soon. In the meantime, um, the second component of what we do here is we pair these beautiful cigars with uh, craft beers. In the old days, when we used to sit here in the corner of No Hope together, uh, we would all drink the same beer and compare notes, and that was kind of a cool experience. But now that we're all separated and doing this remotely, we all usually drink something different than each other. And that's kind of turned into something equally, if not more cool, I think, because you you get the same cigar paired with, you know, three different experiences. Uh, the doctor can't smoke with us currently, so uh, it's the uh, us other three guys. And some nights there's an obvious winner pairing-wise, and it's like, dude, if you're smoking a cigar, you need to go get a not, – if not this stout, get a stout. Or the other thing, if you're smoking this cigar, stay as far away from this type of fucking <laughs> beer. Run. Throw, run. Just throw it away. Just run throw it. from the Pilsner. Run. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so, uh, as always our resident beer expert, Yak Boy, the proprietor and sexiest bartender at O'Brien's Irish pub in downtown historic temple, Texas, uh, is here to introduce what we're drinking tonight and how we paired it. If we did pair it with tonight's movie, let's go with Tut first. All right. From Modern Times Brewing out of San Diego, California, the Wizard Nebula IPA. Nice. Slash New England style. Uh, seven and a half. Wizard. The Wizard. Nice. And of course, uh, 70 IBUs. Uh, Modern Times Brewing takes their name uh, from an 18, back in the 1850s, there was a utopian community in that area around San Diego and all of their beers are named after uh, utopian experiments and are mythological utopias. So sounds like some hippie shit. It is. It totally <laughs> it is. is. It is. 
Utopian experiments, doctor. Have you Utopian ever? Experiments. Doctor, have you ever conducted any utopian experiments? I've conducted experiments that I hope would lead to utopia, but they all failed. Some actually led to some pretty decent-sized destruction, if I remember correctly. Well, dystopia, really. <laughs> mystopia, <laughs> mystopian, <laughs> mystopian mistakes, but with good intentions behind them. Sure, as far as anyone knows. <laughs> uh, did you say 70 IBUs? That's, that's 70. 70. 70. 70. 70. Uh, obviously, Tut, when I saw that you sent this to Yagboy, I got the reference. We do have a character in tonight's movie called The Wizard. Uh, and so I, I give you props for, for that. How's the beer? Uh, it's actually really good. Uh, I don't know IPAs well enough to, to be able to pinpoint IBUs like you do. Uh, it, it might be a little bit soft. Uh, it's still really, really hoppy, uh, and I like it. Uh, it's a it's a nice citrus flavor, and I'm kind of I'm kind of digging it. I'm digging it in conjunction with the cigars so far. You get that pepper across the uh, uh, the retro hell with that leather, and then a citrus mixed in there. I think it's a pretty good little little combo so far. I'm uh, actually, but the beer is good. It's real cloudy. I know you don't like cloudy beers, but yeah. uh, it, it's super cloudy, but tastes great. Actually, uh, we'll go ahead and jump to me, Yak Boy, because I've actually got some kind of citrus and floral stuff on my IPA as well, and it's really working beautifully with that uh, leather on the on the draw. It's kind of bringing out the sweetness a little bit, and uh, man, it's I think. I don't know, man. I think IPA is a good good choice with this cigars. I don't know if mine's listed as a strong IPA or not. It is listed as a strong IPA. The Stash IPA. Stash, yeah. Brewing. Uh, started back in 2004 in Austin, Texas. Uh, the <laughs> Stash is a it, – it is – well, by their stats, it's a powerhouse. It's also 7.5%. And they listed it 94 IBUs. Well, first of all, let me just say this before I comment on the IBUs. Uh, the smell on the pour is am- it's one of the best smelling IPAs I've had in a while. And I think I've had this beer before. Uh, I just drank too many of them and for- forgot about it. Um, it has got a gorgeous aroma. But no, 90 IBUs? Yeah, it's, it's uh, but I mean, it, they do. High, but I wouldn't they go. They it with uh, six different hops. Oh, wow. So it's a, a Citra, Cascade, Centennial, Columbus, Amarillo, and Simcoe. So you're. I think I'm getting the the, the florals coming off those Simcoe hops. Um, have Could we be. done a? Have we done a? You said this is what what brewery? Independence. Independence. Uh, Independence. Uh, we did their. Uh, the, it's called the Dankosaurus. Was oh, way like back that. on episode ten. I've had the Dankosaurus quite a bit. Uh, well, I don't remember that episode for sure, but I, ha- I have revisited the Dankosaurus. Tut, or Tut's beer, have we did, we've done a Modern Times, correct? No? We have not. Oh, wow. Okay. I've seen them in the stores, but I guess I just figured we kind of got around to most things by now. Okay. Um, well, yeah, it is bringing out some really nice sweetness um, to join with that leather. The pepper is... Dialed down to full medium now. It's kind. Of, it's not. It's kind of gotten more to medium in the cigar, but uh, 
man, they're playing really nicely together. Um, to be continued. All right. Well, what's our old friend, the doctor over there drinking? The doctor is drinking a necessary evil. That's beer, uh, not not just that it's evil that's necessary. I know uh, nothing about this one. And I will. He is uh, the good doctor has actually done it before. It's from the Manhattan Project Brewing Company at Dallas, Texas. Uh, we did a uh, uh, thing. Actually, it was, uh, episode one twenty two when we viewed <laughs> Silent Rage. <laughs> I love I've never heard of this one before. Well, you should because we talked a lot about it thirty episodes ago. Yes, it was yeah. yesterday. To the to the doctor's point, he did acknowledge that he had done this beer before on the show. However, I fully support Tut and not remembering it because <laughs> I believe I've done that on numerous occasions with the beer that I actually had. <laughs> oh, and, and I should mention before, uh, Doc. Well, first of all, Doctor is the evil genius. I'm guessing you've gone back to it, or you forgot what you thought about it, or it's one that you enjoy and you went back to on purpose. So actually, I thought that in this particular case, more so than any other, I thought it had a good tie-in because I thought that the lead character has to engage in some necessary evil in order to uh, achieve his goals. He's a man uh, of peace. He's a man of peace who doesn't want to do the things that he's got to do. So uh, that was one of the reasons. He quickly uh, does I've had... Uh, Several of the Manhattan Project's um, offerings, they make a West Coast IPA called the Hoppenheimer. Because they're Manhattan Project, there's all a nuclear right. bomb uh, thing to it. They have one called like the Bikini Atoll and <laughs> something yeah, else. You, no, you have done a lot of those. I haven't seen those. They haven't kind of made their way down here where I am yet. Uh, this one, I, I liked the name. I did think there was a tie-in, but it is a Pilsner. It is kind of light uh, and... Uh, for, for this evening, that that uh, works out best for me. Well, there you go. And, and I'm assuming all you guys got why I picked the Stash IPA. <laughs> it's because of Stash. Nobody wears a mustache like Charles Bronson and then, obviously, Bronzy. Uh, <laughs> I went ahead. Actually, I, I, I'm, I'm risking it tonight going with a 7%er because I'm in the mood to drink and uh, – It'll also be my first day back on campus tomorrow in like, what, two weeks, a week and a half. Yeah. So uh, uh, this might have been a poor decision, and you might have made a wise decision, Doc. Uh, you know what made my call a mood to drink? Consciousness. <laughs> Sun came up, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, you guys are balancing each other out. Everything's going to be just fine. Uh, well, that leaves you, Yak Boy, our resident beer expert. What awesome elixir have you chosen for tonight's 149th episode of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club podcast? No pressure. Schneiderbach Oktoberfest. <laughs> oh, I guess we're out of here. Everything's done. Let's talk about the movie. <laughs> oh, no. From, our, from the good people at Real Ale Brewing... Uh, like those guys in Blanco, Texas, back, started back all the way in 1996. I did when I took upon myself the Hans Pilsner, the Hans Pils. Hans, oh, the good old Hans Pils. Good Christian name. Good Hans Christian Pilsner. 
Hans Christian Pilsner. Hans Pilsner. 5.3%. They say 50 IBUs, which I've seen this really high. I think they got it wrong. I think it's supposed to be like 20 IBUs. Yeah. But we've done, we've done, of course, uh, Real L many times. Hans Pils is one of our favorites, uh, as well as we've done Devil's Backbone from them as well. I chose the Hans because the one of the actor's name, uh, character in the movie Bunyan, his name is Chris Hans. So. Okay. <laughs> you saved it. You saved it. Okay. <laughs> one of our characters... <laughs> His name, last name is Hans. It is. Okay. Okay. Uh, that doesn't tie in. I don't know what does. Bunyan <laughs> likes Hans. Well, I, I I love the Hans Pilsner. I don't drink a lot of Pilsners, but when I do, it's one of my go-tos. Um, I don't like the new cans. Uh, no, I like, I like those simple old cans. I like those old bright green Neon green cans. Those those were really sharp. Yeah. I don't I don't like that new look to them. But uh, okay. Um, well, sounds like we got you know Tut and I are kind of on the same wavelength with the similar IPA so far. Uh, Doctor and the Yak Boy went for something a little more lighter and refreshing uh, because here in Central Texas in the middle of November it's still almost mid 80s today. So uh, that tracks. Um, real quick before I move on, uh, Tut. Anything else with the cigar? Yak Boy, anything else with the cigar? Construction is phenomenal. Uh, it's holding an ash nice. The draw is uh, super, super clear and smooth. It's producing a ton of copious, as Yak Boy likes to say, smoke production. Um, I'm, that spice is toned down. Like I said, it's settled into medium territory, but it's still letting itself be known on the nose, that leather. And then there's almost like a I – mean, is this coming from my beer? It's almost like a, an orange zest. Kind of. Yeah, uh, that's, that's beer. That's beer. Yeah. It's almost like a, a you, hops. Well, the bad thing barley. is, is that are I, you guys getting hops and barley out of your your cigar? The bad thing is, is I'm tasting that as well, but I still know that that's from the beer. I know. I was. Yeah, you're right. The whole the whole thing just kind of it's like a it's like a quarter horse with its ass sitting down in the sand, just kind of kind of set down for a little bit. All the all the flavors. This cigar is like a horse's ass. <laughs> Hey, the new season of Yellowstone dropped. There was quarter oh, horses Jesus. on there. Those fans will know what I'm talking about. Are you a 55 year old woman? Because if you <laughs> are, I've never seen an episode of it. Okay, thank I like, you. I like cowboy hat tut, man. Can I go get my cowboy hat? Absolutely, bring it out. Seems to add something to the festivities. If all you can talk about is the season premiere of Yellowstone, you might be a 55 year old white woman. Oh my God! My mother-in-law is just obsessed with that show, Yellowstone. We had yeah, a Yellowstone. I was about to say all of my all of my friends. I was about to say a lot of my friends are are big into it, but now come to think of it, they're all women. And we had a little get together at the house for my kid's birthday last weekend, and she made like this big announcement, like y'all know that the season premiere of Yellowstone, and, and nobody knew what she was talking about. Like I, I don't know. my mom. She was like, so uh, you know the new season of Yellowstone's coming out? And I'm like, I haven't seen an episode. What? Oh, you need to watch that, son. It's like for them what dickheads our age, like The Wire is to guys. Like, oh, you haven't seen, oh, you got to watch Yellowstone. 
<laughs> no, no, I don't. I, I don't need to watch that. I'm going to watch it. It's like Kevin Costner. It's a modern-day Western. It's kind of like the uh, Soprano set in Montana. That's what I've heard. Isn't Yellowstone where Yogi Bear stole all those sandwiches? That is true. No, that's Jellystone. Which was a... Is that what the show's about? Is Kevin Costner trying to hunt down Yogi the Bear? Because I'll watch that. Hey, boo-boo. I'm looking for some picnic baskets. I'll admit that I've seen a few episodes of it, and it has been entertaining. Has it? Because I'm going to watch it, regardless of what Kate says. I'm going to watch I, it. I'm not one of these people who... Oh, now that, that the do- now, now that the doctor speaks up, I've actually watched some episodes. All of a sudden, Tut flip-flops. Actually, I, I will give it a shot. Yeah. I, I'm not one of those people who's ever said, like, you got to watch this. I don't I don't think I've ever said that about anything. But uh, I... That's TV. Nobody's watching. We're entertaining. <laughs> I'm well, totally I mean, watching it now based on the doctor's advice. I'm not judging. I a, Anybody who gets excited about anything creative is a good thing, and I'm not judging 50 Doc, year old. I'm pretty sure Kate called you a 50-year-old one. Hey. <laughs> I've called him worse. <laughs> really? Hey, within the last few hours. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's keep going on the cigar, but uh, I'm, I'm glad we're all seems happy so far with the beers. But speaking of cigars. You know who makes some damn fine cigars, Ted? Oh, is it our friends of Drew Estate? How'd you know? You were on fire. Because they make damn fine cigars. They make damn fine cigars. They do, and they're about to make someone a whole lot richer. You ready for this? Hit it. During its latest freestyle live show on the company's Facebook live page, facebook.com forward slash Drew Estate Cigar, Drew Estate announced that it will hold a Bitcoin sweepstakes with numerous incredible prizes during upcoming freestyle live events, including a grand prize of one full Bitcoin for a lucky fan to be announced during the February 17th, 2022 edition of Freestyle Live. Entry into the unheralded Drew Estate Bitcoin sweepstakes is simple, and it is unheralded. No company's ever given away something worth like 50, over 50 grand before. Um, when when the fan handed Tom Brady back his football, Tom Brady even gave him a Bitcoin. That's how crazy Drew Estate is. They're Tom Brady crazy. No, 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 no. That. Tom Brady is Drew Estate crazy. Nice, nice correction there. Nice correction. During each of the company's three freestyle live events, there's one on October 15th, one tomorrow night after we record this show, uh, November 11th, but then again, in January 20th, 2022, that's the one you'll want to mark on your calendar. The company will randomly select the names of five people who attend the online show and comment during specific times in each broadcast as potential winners of an assortment of fantastic prizes. The five winners from each of these three shows will create the contestant pool of 15 people eligible to win the grand prize Bitcoin, which as of today is valued. At, well, I'm sorry. I didn't update this. The last time I checked, it was over 60 grand. I think, uh, it's I th- now down to 23 grand. I, I think la- last time I checked, it was like, the other day, it was like, it was like 57. I think I saw it, it fluctuates, uh, but you got to tune into win boys and ghouls. I got to update that too. It's not Halloween time anymore. I can't be calling the girls <laughs> ghouls or else I just sound like a prick. Um, you got to tune in to win, boys and girls. So you'd be crazy not to. So go do it. Check it out. And be sure to tune in on Facebook.com forward slash Drew Estate Cigar. 
I'd also like to take a moment. Is that what Yellowstone's about? Are those cowboys trying to mine bitcoins? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Getting into shootouts over over bitcoins. Again, I've only seen a few episodes, but I don't think so. Okay. Oh, I heard it was a modern western. Yeah. It is, but uh, I don't think it had anything to do with bitcoins. Okay. Not like the guy, like the, the 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 guys on his horse with a cloth sack with a a bitcoin symbol on it, full of full of bitcoin. <laughs> the bitcoins are don't, don't forget the tangible thing, Cade. I'm not saying I know a lot about cryptocurrency. Um, is the crypt keeper involved at any point in like monitoring this stuff? Is he involved in this at all? Yes. Uh, I think so, yes. What is Tud doing? Yes. Is he about to rob a, a stagecoach full of I'm Bitcoin? going after them Bitcoin, boys. I'm going after the Bitcoins. All right, everybody. Give me your phones and transfer over that cryptocurrency. <laughs> <sighs> This here's a modern robbery. <laughs> You're going to have to re-enter your password. Oh. I had the caps lock oh. on. And all of a sudden, Wayne and Jennings voice cuts in. Now, don't shit. that beat all. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. We're actually going to get a little bit into cryptocurrency in tonight's bronzy movie. <laughs> How's that for a tie-in? I'd also like to take a moment. Uh, to talk about something. Why is it all of a sudden now all I can see is Slim Pickens? Oh, shit. Somebody go back and get a shitload of Bitcoin. <laughs> We're going to need a shitload of Bitcoins. Uh, uh, I'd also like to take a moment to talk about something very cool, much like Bitcoins and Paramount Plus's Yellowstone series. And Slim Pickens. Cigar World. And Slim Pickens. Uh, Cigar World is an online site for cigar smokers. There you can get cigar news, reviews, and a whole lot more. Also on the site is a cigar research panel called the Testing Lab. You can sign up to give your input on new cigars by taking surveys and actually testing cigars. Check it out at cigarworld.com forward slash testing lab. Doctor, have you made it over there yet? You'd love it. I have not, actually. I've actually gone a couple of times looking up research for cigars on the show. And I will go to Cigar World. They'll have blend information. They'll have some reviews. It's it's a really well thought out, navig- easy to navigate site. Uh, cigarworld.com. Uh, well, boys, I'm going to uh, take a quick couple puffs here before I lose my. I've been talking a lot. I don't want to lose my. Uh, Tut's influenced me a lot tonight. I think I'm going to become a horse doctor. You're not going to be a people doctor anymore. You're just going to turn it. You just have to like get a new license. It's like it's a paperwork thing. No, I just I put on my cowboy hat and walk out there and just show oh, authority. Yeah. Oh, is that easy? True story. You have to change your... out there and, yep. <laughs> True story. There are horse chiropractors, and I have seen one do their work. It was amazing. He literally grabbed this thing by the legs and cracked. It was the most oddest thing I've ever seen. I will not be doing that. I will be working strictly on an advisory basis. Something's wrong with this horse. Cut and I are at. We're just out galloping around the lower forty with our cigars (laughs) in our mouths. Just living the dream, man. Out in God's country. You bet. Something's wrong with this horse. Go get another horse doctor. Thank you, horse doctor. I think you need another horse. Sounds like sense to me. 
The horse just has a cold. Put it down. Put it down. <laughs> it's the only humane thing to do. So we're in agreement. My yes, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know much about horses. My 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 wife, uh, as a as a native Texan, um, grew up around horses. Showed horses as a youngster. Um, her her family, her, her grandpa raised horses. He was a, he was an actual cowboy. Uh, yeah. He actually he didn't pretend. He actually like wore that hat every day. Uh, he was a cool guy. Uh, not I'm not calling you out, Todd. Just uh, no, no, no. That's I, I, I got, it. I got. It. We've seen those guys around. They were the real cowboys. Uh, uh, interesting thing, y'all actually, uh, y'all met him at my wedding. Uh, but my high school friend uh, Scooter, he showed quarter horses. Their family raised quarter horses. He was actually a uh, cutting horse and team roping champion for the uh, A Junior, the Junior QHA. So. He was he was all heavy into it, so we really. So he like he likes to spit. We used to spend all the time going out to actually rodeos and do that. I worked the calf shoots, and that's the reason why I hate cows today. I think the most the most disgusting critters on the face of the earth, and they're dumb and they poo all over the place. They cook up real nice though. They, they do cook, cook up mighty nice. They cook up real nice. Uh, interesting. The golf the golfer. Mm-hmm. Golfs and rides horses around barrels and 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 rope stuff. Now he doesn't ride them around barrels. That's what that's what his sister does. Oh, I was about to call him a Renaissance man, but I'm not going to say that now. <laughs> does Does Scooter watch Yellowstone? Uh, I don't know. His sister probably does, and his sister still shows. Scooter Scooter hasn't shown in a while, but his yeah. sister his sister is still active in the rodeo circuit. I'm guessing Scooter watches Yellowstone. Just my ten cents. You guys want to put some money? You guys want to put some money? You want to put some money down on it? No, I'll ask him. I'll ask him. You want to put some money down on it? I got five bucks. Scooter watches Yellowstone. I love how I just don't never seen an episode of Yellowstone that that's become his thing tonight by which he's going to judge people. I'm not judging. I just don't know if I I just don't know if I want to take that bet. I'm not judging anybody for watching anything. I just started. I was telling the boys before the show, Yaks. I recently, I just started watching for the first time the original Twin Peaks. I'd never seen it. As a huge David Lynch fan, <laughs> I had never, these two hadn't seen it either. I'd never watched it. And I, I was reading a, an article about David Lynch stuff. And I was just, it got me, I used to be so into him as a younger guy who appreciated that kind of esoteric weirdness a lot more than old lazy guy I am now uh, who just wants to watch bronzy movies. And, uh, Although I think David Lynch could do a lot with Bronzy, given the right circumstances. I think we could do a lot with Bronzy. But uh, but my God, I should be judged for not watching Twin Peaks. Really. It's the best, some of the best TV I've ever seen. So I don't judge anybody for anything they enjoy, with the exception of Kid Rock. <laughs> Notice how Kate said, I don't judge anyone, but I've started watching Twin Peaks. I'm so cool. <laughs> I'm watching, uh, you know. You know, hey, it's cool, Yellowstone, whatever. I've started watching Twin Peaks because that's the <laughs> thing to do. But you guys are okay. Look, any class that Twin Peaks had went down the toilet when those bikers did what they did at that fucking restaurant. Uh, oh, yeah, the Waco restaurant. Yeah. When you mention Twin Peaks now, people just think of a lot of dead bikers. Bikers and shootouts. Yeah, so. 
I think of the stupid civilians that were there that were like, I didn't know it was a biker shootout. I'm like, come on. They're all wearing fucking 1% patches. You know what that means? Motorcycles in the parking lot. Hey, come on. The fucking banditos were on the History Channel Outlaw Biker Program. I was just there for the wings. Uh, well, oh, all right. they didn't make a good flat iron steak. <laughs> right, see, we're finding the good in everything tonight. That's what we do at our core. We find the good in everything. And I'm hoping with your boys' help, we can find some good in tonight's movie. Uh, man, we had a lot of fun with Bronzy's initial cinematic debut. Death Kiss a while back. So when I saw his latest straight-to-video entry, finally, I've been waiting for this movie for like a year and a half. I guess COVID kind of caused some delays. But it, it, when I saw it finally uh, come up, I was like, all right, we're doing this. It's going to be the perfect uh, palate cleanser to get us out of the horror movies. Tonight we're going to be talking about Escape from Death Block 13. 2021. This came out last week. Um, and I have been waiting for this one. Dude, it's, he's literally been promoting it for like not two as years. much as not as much as the Gardner, but I've been waiting for this one. I know. Uh, he's this other movie that we've been waiting on that stars Bronzy, the Gardener. Uh, it's not hitting video on demand for rental till the last week of December. So I don't know if we're going to be able to squeak that in uh, before the end of the year, but uh, I'm. I'm never going to give up on Bronzy, and I hope you guys aren't either. No, I will. I will not. Uh, in fact, I was kind of, I was very curious as to what opinions everybody would bring today because he does not have the dubbed voice. I'm very I curious to, to hear that as well, Todd. Um, man, this cigar has not changed one bit. Leather, no, leather, and a nice. Uh, the beer is bringing out some really nice floral and sweetness component on that draw. Nice pepper. It's a good. It's a good smoke cigar, but smoking like a broadleaf, a typical kind of sweet, leathery uh, broadleaf, medium to, to full strength cigar. Which it, that's okay. Uh, uh, Room one hundred and one doesn't really have a, a smoke like this in their profile, so uh, I'm liking. No, it. and it's 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 a little it's a little bit lighter than the broadleaf Nicaraguan bad boys. It still has a lot of that characteristics, but it's not as heavy as, as those. Not a soccer, probably. It's not a soccer. Right. And I'm kind of digging it, and I'm really digging the IPA combo with this cigar. I, I think that, that that sweetness from the citrus amplifies the sweetness from the cigar, and they're playing simpatico. I mean, their flavors are melding just nice. Uh, I am with you, Todd. Uh, this is one of my favorite pairings I've done in a while, so I'm, I'm right with you. Uh, well, let me talk. introduce the movie here a little bit. Um, Escape from Death Block 13 was written and directed by a man named Gary Jones, whom the doctor might be familiar with some of his previous directorial efforts for the sci-fi channel, such as 2005's Jolly Roger Massacre at Cutter's Cove. Yeah, I think I've seen that one. They thought you did. I think I did, too. Packing the cannons again, Roger Rogers. <laughs> And 2013's Axe Giant, The Wrath of Paul Bunyan. That one I don't recall. I do remember that. I actually watched that one. Okay. I, I, was, pretty, I was pretty fucked up, obviously. 
Uh, I, I kind of want to see that. Exactly drinking chamomile the night I watched Charlie Roger. And uh, Axe Giant, The Wrath of Paul Bunyan. Tonight's character in tonight's film that Yakboy based his beer on is the character of Bunyan played Paul Bunyan in that movie. Oh, uh, did he? Yeah. No, I have to see this movie. Here we go down the Gary Jones rabbit hole. Uh, he was also the visual effects supervisor on 2019's The Secret Lives of Cheerleaders. Yaks, I know you're a big fan of that one. And y'all know we love us some wrong Lifetime Channel movies here in the corner of No Hope. Well, Gary did the visual effects for eight wrong movies, starting with 2016's The Wrong Child and The Wrong House. Then 2017's The Wrong Student. Todd, I think that you might have some kind of claim on that one. Uh, <laughs> you might want to file a Actually, lawsuit. I got a cease and desist from their lawyers. They wanted me to stop referring to myself as that. As the wrong student. Uh, <laughs> then there was The Wrong Neighbor, also in 2017. The Wrong Crush and The Wrong Man. Then he got wet in 2018 with The Wrong Cruise. Followed finally by the wrong friend. Uh, I love this dude. I really wish for tonight's film he hadn't written the wrong screenplay and cast <laughs> actors. But I guess we can't have everything in life, damn it. Uh, it's worth mentioning also that Gary Jones also did visual effects for the first and far more superior film, uh, Robert Bronzy's Death Kiss, that we featured on episode 91. So I'm assuming, much like all of us, that working on that movie, he fell head over heels in love with the majestic natural wonder that is Robert Bronzy, Bronzy. And, made, and made it his life's mission to work with this guy. I certainly get that. I think we all get that. Yes. And I might have a lawsuit for that movie, The Wrong House. <laughs> How many nights have I tried to get in the wrong fucking house at 3 a.m.? I, <laughs> I think that's the wrong neighbor. I, no, I think my, na- my my neighbors would call me the wrong neighbor. Exactly. They, boy, these these all tie together just so well. Uh, I just want to know how do how do we get friends with Gary Jones and like you know get us some bronzy access? I think my mom might have some beef with that film, The Wrong Child. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's it's a lot to dig into. Uh, I. I, I, I I don't know if Gary Jones will want to talk to us after tonight's show. We'll see. We'll see. Gary, man, hook us up. Hook us up, and we will we will put you into the pantheon of Hollywood elite. They will sing songs. The bards will line up to tell tales of you in Valhalla if you just reach out to us. What if we told him we were the wrong podcast? <laughs> Work with what he knows. <laughs> Look, Gary, I'm sorry I sent you that wrong direct message on Instagram. Drunk drunk at 4 a.m. threatening you. Uh, so now I'm going to issue the wrong apology. Call me back or else. Dude, don't be pissing this guy off. Of all the people that we need to get in good with, this is the guy. He's got yeah. access to both the wrong franchise and Bronzy. Yeah, this guy is the epicenter of everything we love. He's living the dream. And he could help me get my... I think you and I need to get to work on a screenplay for the wrong podcaster. He could help me get my movie made, the wrong quarterback. 
Aaron Rodgers story. <laughs> the wrong press agent. <laughs> oh, Tut, I'm a critical thinker. I don't need a press agent. <laughs> the wrong reasoning. <laughs> well, let's get into this movie a little bit, shall we? We start things off in a motel room with Bronzy. Or should I say, well, first of all, we've been talking about this. If you missed episode 91 and you're like, who the fuck is Bronzy? And these guys are talking about what happened was several years ago, some film producers stumbled across this guy. Ironically, this ties into our horse conversation. He was like a horse trainer or a a cowboy in Hungary who just happened to look exactly like Charles Bronson in his mid to late fifties. Like the mustache, the the hair, like he just, they found, they stumbled across the guy who was the doppelganger for Charles Bronson, now deceased. So they brought him to America and they made this movie, Death Kiss, with him basically playing Charles Bronson in Death Wish, but they called it Death Kiss. And they dubbed him Charles Bronson voice over his voice. And it was the most awesome, unique thing ever because it was this experiment where it wasn't like it wasn't like in the Star Wars movies where we bring back through CGI a character, you know, we get to experience, uh, you know, Princess Leia again through through the magic of technology. No, this is actually a dude who looks just like Charles Bronson, and he's kind of cool with just playing that part and doing what he's told. And then they dubbed his voice, and it was like we 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 could get like two more decades of Charles Bronson movies with this guy, <laughs> and it was just it was just such a unique concept that actually worked as an entertaining movie. Uh, they cast a really good bad guy with Richard Tyson of Kindergarten Cop and Three O'Clock High fame. Um, they they had some good uh, Rene Perez, the director, really, who, by the way, loved our episode on Death Kiss, enough to say if he ever did another Bronzy film, he would certainly look us up for dubbing the voice because he got such a kick out of our Bronson voice during the show. He was like, I'll call you guys. Like he was, he was a really big fan of what we did. So that's who Bronzy is. He's a Hungarian horse trainer who got sucked in. I'm not gonna say by Hollywood, but by filmmakers to bring the spirit of Charles Bronson back. Um, and it sure worked in Death Kiss. We're gonna find out tonight if it works in Escape from Death Block 13. Uh, so we start things in motel room with Bronzy, or should I say with Mick Kovacs, which is his character's name in this film. But I think if it's okay with you guys, I'm just going to call him Bronzy all night. Is that cool? Well, that per- that's perfect. Okay. Um, is it Kovacs the actual name? What's that? Isn't that the actual guy's name? I mean, he changed it to Bronzy. Correct. But wasn't his name before Kovacs? Oh, was it? I'll have to look he that did, up. I think he it did was. change his he did change his name to Bronzy. You mean his real name wasn't Robert Bronzy? <laughs> uh, you to look you that might, up. You might want to do some quick fact checking, Ted. If you do, if that's true, good call. Uh, his character's name is Mick Kovacs, but I'm just going to call him Bronzy because that's that's what he is. Um, well, Bronzy is sitting motionless in a chair in his motel room, and when the director calls out, action, 
he opens up a large manila envelope that he's been holding in his lap. Dude, it was so weird. He was just sitting there motionless. And all of a sudden, it was, you couldn't hear the director say action, but you could tell that's what happened. He's like, all right, I'll open this now. And I'm opening your letter. We watch as Bronzy looks at a photograph of a younger Bronzy and his brother, who looks just like Clint Eastwood. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, how cool would that be if you had a, a brother that looked just like Lee Marvin? <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. uh, he then packs up his, his duffel bag. Lee Marvy. <laughs> Lee, Lee Marvy. Uh, he then packs up his duffel bag, adjusts his clothes in the mirror, makes sure his mustache looks good, and he heads out. I got to get what's coming to me. Were you I right, haven't Ted? found it. I haven't found it yet, but I just saw the poster for The Gardener, and oh my god, that's epic. Yeah, he's he plays dirty. I think that's the tagline. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Continue. Well, I'm saddened to report that unlike in Death Kiss, Bronzy's voice is not dubbed tonight in tonight's film, so we actually hear him speak with a thick Hungarian accent, and in my expert opinion, that's a huge mistake. Huge. If you're hiring a guy because he looks just like Charles Bronson, then you should make sure he sounds like Bronson too. Because a dude who looks like Charles Bronson but sounds like a James Bond villain is just too weird and too disorienting to get behind. Did y'all agree with me or were you okay with his thick Hungarian accent? Oh, no, I, as soon as he started talking, I, I like I stopped. I was like, wait, what? No, I, he should be dubbed. I, Oh yes, <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't remember if, if like, because it had been so long ago. I didn't know if the actor Robert Bronzy just did a little impersonation of a Bronson voice, or if it had been dubbed. But um, no, it did it. It was. It sounded like Bella Lugosi. I mean, his uh, uh, for my brother. He <laughs> <It was, laughs> did. He did. But yeah, it's close. I think uh, Romania is like right next to Hungary, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty much the same region so yeah i i was disappointed I, I i was thinking he was gonna and then i was like wait a minute i couldn't remember i i watched death kiss kate and i were talking about it i wasn't on that show but i watched it afterwards like i was like wait a minute he that, that's i was like is this his real voice what, what happened what's I'm this gonna, is real voice yeah um, i'm gonna i'm i guess i'm gonna take an alternate stance i would have preferred the dubbed bronson voice because I think that if if you could pair that right, that is cinema gold. They did in Death Kiss. It can work. But there's part of. But there's part of. No, actually, I thought our. I thought y'all's uh, Bronson voice was way better than so, Death so Kiss. So did director Rene Perez of Death Kiss. He said we, <laughs> we nailed it. Uh, so uh, I actually, I didn't mind. The, his actual voice. I mean, that's his actual voice. I'm just like, I'm just and, like, look, the guy's not an actor. You're casting him because he looks like Bronson. There's no, there's nobody wanting to hear him talk in his real voice. We want the whole enchilada. It's like casting Arnold in the eighties, but we don't want to show off his muscles. No, we want the whole package. We want Arnold with Bronson. We want the face and the voice. I understand that, and I'm not going, and I'm not trying to diminish y'all's point of view on that. I just, I didn't mind it. I, I think to people who 
haven't seen a movie with this guy yet, there's really nothing we can say until you see it because Kate explained it to me. And you're like, oh, a guy looks just like Charles Bronson. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. It is so uncanny. It, it, it is just so it, – it, it, it literally blows your mind the way this guy's face and hair and mustache look like the Death Wish era, 70s, 80s, Charles Bronson. It is an uncanny resemblance. When you see it, you almost can't believe it, though so, – it, it really is. It really just defies. You, nothing we say is going to matter until you see one of these and and, re, and see it. So yeah, it, it had to have the and just and that that was part of what made Bronson so great was that 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 uh, simplistic aspect of it. Just yeah. think of the lines that you would have had here this evening. I don't. I don't oh. want trouble. I just want my brother. No one trouble. Well, I wanted to get that out of the way because throughout this film, I'm going to say some things that. Bronson or Bronzy should have been able to say in the Bronson voice or Bronson would have said if he was in his home, but I just want to make it clear. He does not actually say anything in the Bronson voice. He doesn't say much of anything in this movie. And when and he does, will, and when he does do, it's do, not, it's not memorable. And I do want to clarify that even though I don't mind the actor using his actual voice, it's going to be so much more entertaining listening to you guys in the Bronzy voice. Because it does make it better. I do want to say that the actor's name is Robert Bronzy Kovacs. It's Robert oh, Kovacs. They actually threw did a throwback to his original name. Good mm-hmm. job. Oh, look at Tut. He never does any kind of background stuff on here. Well, I remember I was so in love with this dude from Death Kiss. And that was before, that was like right when they changed his name. Because he, he had like two IMDb listings. I think it was like Robert Kovacs and then Robert Bronzy. Well, once he realized that this might go somewhere, he's like, "What the fuck?" I think I think that's kind of what it was. I'm going down. Uh, to there, see was a, there was a there was an interview. This this dude was actually just a horse trainer, and they found him, and they were like, "Hey, we want to put you in movies." And he's like, "Okay, yeah, sure, whatever." And then all of a sudden, the directors comes back. And it's like they love you, kid. We got to make more of these. All right, I'll be Robert Bronzy. Do it. <laughs> All right, so so now that that's out of the way, when you hear me to say some things in the Bronson voice that is not what he's saying on screen, I will specifically say this is what the actual guy says on screen. But nothing he says on screen is memorable or more than two syllables. Uh, so this might be one of those cases where the podcast is actually more entertaining than the movie because we're filling in what's missing from the movie, the Bronzy voice. I or the Bronson. always the case. Pretty Doctor. much always is the case. Doctor, that was a test, and you just passed, my friend. I need another, I need another Pilsner. <laughs> he needs another beer. Put him on ice. Now you're dead. Anywho, tough guy Bronzy then leaves the motel and gets in his 2019 compact Nissan Altima and drives it to a nearby hardware store where he buys a ball-peen hammer. I know it's a rental car he's visiting, so it makes sense, but it's so weird seeing him drive this little economy Nissan. Hey, he's a man just like you and I. He but buys it does, hardware it, at the hardware is, store. Yes, it's expensive, tough guy. He gets 42 a mile. Beat that, punk. <laughs> it just, dude, in Death Kiss, he had that muscle car, and here he's driving around a little Nissan Altima. It's called Range. I'm developing it. 
popular mechanics that had some of the best safety standards available in its class. Consumer Reports. <laughs> Ever heard of it? All right. It's just the he's driving. So we see him driving around this little wiener car for a while, and then Bronzy, after he buys this ball peen hammer at the at the hardware store, he shuffles over to the Renda Rubber Products Recycling Factory, where he has his score to settle. Again, I just want to specify, he doesn't say these things, I'm saying them. You see, Bronzy's brother, Laszlo Kovacs, worked at the factory, and when he died in a job site accident, his family back home in Hungary was entitled to $12,750 in death benefits that they never received. And now I'm here to receive them, punk. The only thing is, the shady Mr. Renda and his team of goons isn't in the mood to pay Bronzy anything. I just want the mood... I'm not even going to try to talk in that Hungarian accent, but he's just like, I just want the money and then I'll be gone. I just want the money. By the way, the the mafia dude, I watched this guy for years on uh, NYPD Blue, I believe. Nicholas Turturro, they got for one day to play the the role of Mr. Rinda, the evil bad guy. Oh, really? That's one day? Well, he wears the same clothes in three different scenes that spans over months. So I'm assuming they just he showed up in that one suit and they just put him to work. I just thought he was like Steve Jobs. He had the uniform and that's what he wore daily. I think he was just like Steve Jobs. That's a character choice. You know what? I think I should be like Steve Jobs and wear the same shit every day. Or where's the wardrobe department? We've got donuts. Okay, I'll, I'll just wear this shit. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> that was a uh, Torturo showed up at noon and his plane left town at eight o'clock that night. That's how that worked. Well, in fact, Pretty much. he's not in it at all. Slimy factory boss Nicholas Torturo, Mr. Renda, tosses a shiny quarter at our hero. That's all he's getting from him. And then he has his men attempt to beat the shit out of Bronzy. Easier said than done. Well, once Bronzy's lip is busted, he gets nice and pissed off. And the he wrong starts, decision. He starts pounding the three bad guys into dust. But one of them accidentally shoots another of the bad guys during the chaos. And you guessed it. They're going to pin all of this on Bronzy. Say that he shot the guy, man. The dialogue is so bad and amateurish. The way it's delivered by everybody is beyond terrible. Am I the only one here that was pissed off watching this thing? Because Bronzy deserves to be utilized so much better than what we got here. You got background actors constantly staring directly at the camera. Nobody's believable as the characters they're supposed to be portraying. And technically the whole movie's audio sounds like it was recorded in a giant soup can. This is not good filmmaking on any level. First of all, I think this is low budget, but not low budget American. This is low budget Hungarian. I think this was shot overseas with Hungarian. This was shot in Ohio. This was shot in Ohio. This was not. There's yes, no it way. Was. Yes, it was. Are you fucking kidding me? This is shot in Ohio, dude. Which which it has some similarities to an Eastern goulash. That makes no sense because like there's there's Hungarian slash Russian or whatever kind of writing in the uh, stained glass. There's like uh, um, ammo crates later on that have like Russian writing on it. There, there may have been because God knows this. This movie does a lot of green screen and and digital backdrops. They, they, they could have shot some of this back over in Eastern Europe. I don't know. Well, see, I, I thought that they were. I thought that 
like the film takes place in America. Yeah, no. But with all that Russian language, I was thinking that it was like yeah, you know, no. shot over in Hungary. And, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get to the main uh, location here in a minute, Todd, and it'll kind of make some things clear. But so anywho, uh, I'm gonna say that a lot tonight. So anywho, Bronzy is arrested for attempted murder. As nobody, oh, wait, is- I'm sorry. I, I I wanted to say one thing because this scene kind of like really put the pin in the flag. Uh, you're dealing with not the budget of Death Kiss and not the passion product of Death Kiss. There's not a fight coordinator. The fight scenes were way better in Death Kiss. The stunt coordinators were way better in Death Kiss. Ted, I'm I mean, only- with Bronzy, you actually had somebody working with Bronzy on Death Kiss that made him look like he could throw a punch. Here, he's like George Foreman coming back way. Tut, I don't know the answer to this, but I'm going to disagree with you. I bet this movie had a little bigger budget than Death Kiss. I think Death Kiss just had a really talented. What did they do with that money? I think that I think the Death Kiss had a better director, sorry Gary Jones, who knew how to film cheaply impressive stuff because I've seen a couple of other of his movies. Doctor, you did one uh, review for the website Cry Havoc, the slasher movie uh, in the woods with the girls. Um, the guy that that director Rene Perez um, consistently makes very low budget films here in North America. Yeah, he does quality work. That that exceed their budgets. I felt I felt like this one probably had more of a budget, <clears throat> but did less with it. That's my take. Okay. I don't I don't know that to be true. So but it is this a lot of the same producing team that did Death Kiss. So huh. take that take that for what you will. Yeah, uh, totally so like I said, Bronzy's arrested for attempted murder. They pin the shooting on him. And nobody's buying his story that he was the victim of the assault, not the other way around. Especially because he brought that fucking ball-peen hammer with him to that meeting. And he took it with him to the recycling factory. But as, as he explains to Detective Borelli and Agent Langley during his interrogation at police headquarters, his family name is Kovacs, which translates to blacksmith. So he was bringing the hammer back to his brother's family as the world's shittiest souvenir. It's a souvenir. It's a souvenir. It's a symbol. It's a symbol, dude. It's a symbol of his family. Cut him some slack. My brother died, but the hammer, like my family, lives forever. Did y'all recognize the mysterious Agent Langley, who's so mysterious he can't say what government agency he works for? Uh, No, but I like this, dude. He is Lawrence Hilton Jacobs, who became famous for playing Freddie Boom Boom Washington on Welcome Back, Cotter in the seventies. <laughs> he was That's Vinnie. Good Bar- to see him getting work, man. He was Vinnie Bar. No, dude, this guy works steady. And- oh, really? Oh, yeah. No, he's got a long uh, filmography, but yeah, he started out as Vinnie Barbarino, John Travolta's buddy in uh, Welcome Back, Cotter, and get so this I have a confession to make now. I haven't seen Death Kiss. Cry Havoc's the only bronzy movie I saw. So I didn't realize actually, Richard Tyson. I, I said Richard Tyson because he's in both. He is in both of those. You're right. I, yeah, I never saw Death Kiss. Oh, you need oh to it watch is Death Kiss, my friend. You got to watch you some Death Kiss, Bell. Okay. But you're Cry Havoc. Is I never, <laughs> Kate. I never tell anybody they got to watch. Some, oh, you got to watch some Death Kiss. <laughs> you got to watch Death Kiss. It is the Yellowstone for. Mid 40 year old alcoholics. <laughs> if you're in your mid 40s and a white guy and like to drink alone, you will love Death Kiss. 
that's not <laughs> much in my personal life. Dude, you you would enjoy you would enjoy Death Kiss. I think early, you would. Early forties. Early forties. Uh, it's got the bronzy impersonation. It's fun. But get this. Well, Doctor, I had actually forgot you did cry havoc until I just mentioned it. you I that was your first introduction. That's so right. Did I. That's what I was just looking up. <laughs> and he didn't say a lot in that one either. Um, You're like, Doc, you did a review on that cry havoc. I'm like, what's he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, get this though. Boom Boom Washington that plays Agent Langley. He also played Mugger in the park number two in the original 1974 Death Wish. So he might be the only actor who's ever acted against Bronson and Bronzy. That's awesome. <laughs> that's something to tell your grandkids. That's, that's I wonder if they hired him specifically because of that. He couldn't tell the people. Uh, maybe we should do a little bit more with Bronzy. Like, I would have him speak. I would love if I was if I was more um, what's the word driven. I would love to have tried to go back in time and get Boom Boom Washington on the show and be like, what was it like? You worked with Bronson and then you're working with this guy who looks just like a re a reincarnated Bronson. That would have been a great question to ask that guy if I had any kind of gumption to do something cool with the show, which I, I didn't do. And I should say, uh, there's always Martin, t- there's always time for the gardener. We can bring him back. I'm I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get better. We're only 149 episodes in. I'm still learning. I'm still trying to get my feet, <laughs> trying to get my feet under me and what, what's going on. I will say this: he's actually the best actor in this thing by far, which I realize isn't saying much, but he's pretty good in this. I like him. I like him. He was fun. Um. Well, it turns out that the judge assigned to Bronzy's case is married to the evil Mr. Renda's sister-in-law. How's that a thing that happens? So our boy is up shit creek with a turd for a paddle, unless... It can happen. It's called a conflict of interest. That's that's some good old backwoods justice right there. That's what Boom Boom says. And unless Bronzy wants to help the fuzz and work undercover as an informant in Pleasant Hill Penitentiary where he's going, and make no mistake, there's nothing pleasant about Pleasant Hill. They want him to help figure out who's behind a drug smuggling ring that's going on around there. And they want his help, but he's not really sure if he wants to help. Does all that make sense, kind of? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. It's all very vague and stupid, and it never really gets thought out more than that. But So I'm just going to leave. If if the film's not going to give that more weight, then I'm not going to give it more weight. We really never find out what the hell that drug thing was going on with the rubber and the... And the funny thing uh, is, I don't matter. care. I didn't care about that either. I, I did not. Uh, I didn't waste any time on that one. Um, so Bronzy is shuttled off to Pleasant Hill Penitentiary, which the location tut is actually the Ohio State Reformatory in Mansfield, Ohio, where apparently the Shawshank Redemption was also filmed. No shit. I never saw that movie. Was it better than this one? I mean, it, it, it um, won some awards, I, I think. It won some yes, awards. I didn't see it either, so. Damn, I wish I could do a Morgan Freeman accent. Doctor, you never saw the Shawshank Redemption? No, I did not. I'm not alone. Okay. Let me get I my slim pickings on it for a second. Are you boys shitting me? <laughs> 
I've read the Stephen King novella, which was called Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption a couple of times. Uh, yeah, I never saw it. Never really looked like something I would enjoy, so I didn't I didn't waste any time on it. You've read this is a good movie. It was a real good movie. I'm sorry, it was. Uh, you know what? No, I'm not sorry. It was. It was. Doctor, I did read the the, the short story as well. I read everything at that Actually, point. Actually, is the short story good? Because I never I never read it. I, 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 obviously not. No, it's very good. It's, it's different. It's because it's not. It's not horror, and that's King's thing has always been horror. It's just yeah, I read everything King, King and I, I I tended to kind of get bummed out when I realized I was reading a, something not in the horror vein. Yeah, but uh, yeah, okay. well, I'm just surprised that this takes place in Ohio. I didn't think because there was a lot of CGI. What I thought were CGI shots of the outskirts of this building. I mean, I well, they just, do a ton looks, of fake, a fake exterior shots, CGI of this yeah. building. But I, I think the actual uh, location was the, that Mansfield, Ohio, uh, okay. abandoned reformatory. Uh, well, Bronzy, upon arriving, receives the typical, stereotypical, that is, prison welcome from the inmates. Look, everybody, we got ourselves a real tough guy. Oh, they actually, God. They actually say generic shit like that. And there's one prisoner who just barks like a dog all the time. God, that's that's cliche too. Come on, Sparky. Cool down, you'll live longer. Oh, man. Uh, it's so cliche with the fresh meat and just all yeah, this. Yeah, fresh meat, all that stuff. Again, I can't stress I Bronzy. Know, that, that probably goes on in a prison. Bronzy doesn't. Not this <laughs> Maybe it will. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I just know that Bronson would have had a few one-liners, and and they don't give Bronzy this opportunity. That night, I wait to see you tonight, darling. That night, he's but if he would have at least looked at one of the prisoners with that that his best approximation of that that Bronson smug look that he would give someone like. Hmm. Well, what they should have done, what what they should have done is in the barking dog guy. Instead of making that guy barking dog, because you can utilize that guy later, make another guy the barking dog guy, and he's like, burr, burr, and all of a sudden Bronson just looks over, and gives him the stare, and then all of a sudden you hear him go, <laughs> "Come on, you're you're neutered." <laughs> uh, I I'm with Yaks. Bronson did so much with just a glance and there's not until late in the movie, like the last 10 minutes where Bronzy does any kind of winks or any kind of facial nuances stuff. And that, that, that was Bronson's, you know, claim to fame. If he didn't say something he'd do with his face, he doesn't do anything. And, and you're He's right. A, that's a, that's a director or editor mistake. It is. And and basically what you're doing here in Escape from Death Block 13, unlike Death Kiss, is you went to the Hollywood Wax Museum and got a wax statue of Charles Bronson and put him in your movie because you're not letting this guy be Bronson. Okay, but, and just, just hear me out on this because this is crazy talk. Is there a chance that they thought that, yes, we've got this Bronzy lookalike. This is the movie where Bronzy's going to come into his own. That's I'm just that maybe that there was something like, hey, they could have hoped for that. That's crazy, Doug. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's the only thing that really kind of makes sense because other than him just looking like Bronzy and him changing his name to Bronzy, there's not a lot of Bronson in the movie. No, which is what we why we're here. Yes. I'm not here to see Bronzy be Bronzy. I'm here to see Bronzy be Bronson. You know what? I'm here to see Bronzy be Bronzy. I love you, Bronzy. I love you. Do it, your thing, man, and I will watch that movie. Well, guess what? The right, the right. You're my, direct- you're my new Danny Trejo. I will watch everything that you do. The right director maybe could pull Bronzy out of Bronzy and make something, but this is not tonight's film. Um, so he's dealing with these 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 inmates that are uh, you know doing the usual stuff, and that night he's initiated initiated into Pleasant Hill by the prison guards dragging him out of his cell, clubbing him repeatedly in the balls, and then tasering him a thousand times with these taser poles. Doctor, that is a shitload of electricity to pump into a man Bronzy's age. Right? Am I wrong? Like, that, that is an insane amount of electricity he got pounded with. My God, it's an insane amount of electricity. It, it, it even puts burn holes in his undershirt there's so many to really oversaturate the point for some reason that every every day in the news we see cops tasering like people dying of just like normal tasers these lightsaber tasers these guys are using like they pump this guy filled with like the christmas tree and rockefeller center electricity <laughs> and they do that to everybody and everybody just gets these huge burn marks in their clothes but they're okay doctor that's not realistic am i right um, I, I certainly, well, I certainly wouldn't think so. No, not at all. I was, I was just waiting for him. Like after you know, but the third or fourth one where he hits him with that taser, he's like, "Ow!" But no. Also, I couldn't help but the dude's literally like just tasering him and tasering him. But the other cop is literally just holding him there. Like <clears throat> you're tasering both of them. It was like. Oh, well, I, I don't know. Just, now Yax wants to bring science into. It's, it's, it bothers me. Well, the next morning, a very sore Bronzy is woken up by the blonde, stylishly dressed warden Jacqueline Barzini. Yax, would you classify her as a gilf? Possibly, yes. Yeah. Possibly, yes. I, I think she's kind of a gilf. Uh uh, she's an attractive mid-60s warden, uh, keeps herself up very nicely, and she personally delivers a fresh cup of coffee to her new prisoner, Bronzy, and explains the rules. If he does as he's told and doesn't cause her any problems, his stay at Pleasant Hill will be just fine. If not, she can make things very unpleasant for Bronzy. Man, doctor, she was not a good actress, was she? Uh, no. Um, although I think honestly at this point, I'm, I'm not really having a problem with anyone cause nobody's good. So, um, they're all bad. Yeah. She, you know, she's an attractive, uh, you know, like I said, around 60 year old woman. I know she had a lot of credits where it looked like she played like had an uncredited extra and a lot of stuff, but, uh, yeah, I mean, no, nobody's it's, it's kind of hard to really say anyone's, I mean, no one's standing out. Uh, I, I think you're absolutely right. It was one of those things to where, like, yeah, this is what we get. I'm in for it. 
Well, speaking of cringeworthy actors, the prison cafeteria is filled to the brim with them, and that's where Bronzy's headed next. Pleasant Hill's biggest, toughest badass, Bunyan, calls Bronzy, hey, hey, buttercup. And there's that dude who barks like a dog doing his thing again. Bronzy's welcome to sit at a table filled with old dudes like Pappy and the Wizard. Which you guessed it is an old dude with a long white beard who acts like he's a magical wizard. The wizard does know a thing or two about the secret tunnels that run underneath the prison and empty out into the nearby forest, though. So that could be useful information to Bronzy uh, moving forward. But again, I actually like the I actually like the other guy, uh, the kind of the head of that crew. I can't remember X. the character's name. Text yeah, the text. guy with just a generic scowl on his face the whole time. I kind of liked him. I don't know what it was, but he he, he no. had it. He no, had he, it. No, he, no, he didn't, Tut. He just looked constipated, and there was nothing yeah, at all. No, nobody in this movie had it at all. I, can, I cannot had, stress to you how this was had the it. perfect movie at the perfect time for me, and I this I rated it high because of that, and you're wrong. Tex, Tex has it. Has it. Okay. Uh, after breakfast, <laughs> you guys actually heard my sound effect. I heard the very start of it. Oh, damn it. All right. Well, speaking of the actors in this movie. I heard that. All the inmates are taken outside where they're given pointless tasks like shoveling the ground for no reason or that one dude sweeping the side of the building with a push broom. That's the way prison should be. Actually, my kids are off school tomorrow. I might give them tasks like that while I recover from tonight's show. <laughs> Did you guys have a good day off? Well, Dad made me clean the outside of the house with a push broom. Oh, the the the, the deck, the driveway? No, the house. <laughs> During their break, uh, a lame-ass boxing match breaks out between Bunyan. And it's not Bunyan like a Bunyan on your, on your foot. It's Paul Bunyan, uh, obviously. He's a big dude. Uh, I'm the king of cell block 13. That's right. I own this place, baby. Oh, my God. The script. Just the horror of this script. And a new tough guy who's been threatening to take over cell block 13 with his crew, they start fighting. The big guys just stand there in the middle of the courtyard, taking turns punching each other in the face over and over again. Until right before the new dude knocks Bunyan out for good... Dog barking dude stabs the newcomer in the side repeatedly with a shank and a massive prison brawl erupts amongst all the inmates. Some poor bastard makes the mistake of grabbing Pappy's white ponytail and the limber old son of a bitch does like a ninja kick and like sweeps this guy down the ground. Don't ever grab my ponytail. And Pappy whips that dude's ass. That it would was, be like if you saw Willie Nelson, whatever age he is today, just start whipping somebody's ass. No, it's, it's, like, it's exactly like me in the parking lot of an Applebee's when I had my ponytail and some freaking redneck grabbed it. And I turned around and I mud stomped that motherfucker. Don't grab the ponytail. <laughs> that didn't happen, but it, it was fun. To think it's about. sad that you like imagined yourself as Pappy. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd had the I wish I'd had the balls like Pappy had. 
Meanwhile, Tut's wife's picking him up off the concrete. Get in the car, Jason. Call me the wizard, damn it. <laughs> I'll take you to your uh, – I'll get you a Band-Aid. We'll go to your D&D meeting. I could have – I should have done something. Thou shalt not pass. Thou shalt not pass. Well, things are getting ugly, and uh, the warden who's watching up on the guard tower, uh, she actually makes money because the guards wager on these fights, and she gets a cut of it. Uh, she's seen enough, and she orders her men to stop the riot with the use of smoke grenades. Oh, and she tells the guy up there with her on the – Fire off a few thousand rounds of this Gatling gun. Well, I couldn't figure out, like, how is it, it – this is a state prison, but we're going to put a minigun up on the guard tower. And literally, if I fire this thing, I'm firing, like, $5 of bullets. So I just blew through $5,000 in a second. And she's complaining, like, a, I, I don't know. But, I just – I, I, I was happy that will, like, you could tell that this was a, a, a method she uses to break up stuff a lot. I was happy that like one dude did get shot in the leg, like because the guy was just holding it above his head, the Gatling gun. <laughs> he wasn't like aiming at anything, and like some poor bastard did get his leg shot off. And I will say this, Gary Jones. I don't know. I mean, I know you're a special effects dude, but I don't know if you're the audio dude. But the sound effect for this minigun. Spot on. I love that sound. Just great. It was an A-10 Warhog sound. It was great. Yes, but technically a minigun like that, that's an M134. They're really not known for their precision. No, they're not. It it makes no sense that they have this thing. Especially when you close your eyes and just hold it above your head and just blindly. (laughs) The fact that, you know, all of a sudden you fire one round and then the all of a sudden, all the prisoners are scattering, so he's just going to hit something. I'll, I'll just gingerly move between them. Come on, man. I love this gun. I love this gun. No, it's a, no, one's, no one's talking poor about the gun, Tut. The gun as, is great when Jesse Body Ventura is holding it, mowing down half of a Guatemalan jungle. Then the gun's great. As children of Predator <laughs> and then later Terminator 2, we love it. Gatling gun. We love us a Gatling yes. gun. Yes, but I want to see that it be, you know, utilized properly. Well, hang you're... on, because you're going to get some Bunyan-esque cinema coming up later. You sure are. Uh, that night, a terribly fake-looking CGI pigeon flies into the prison. Oh, now we're <laughs> at fucking war- uh, Hogwarts. Dude, go to our listeners and viewers, go to our YouTube page. You could find a short film we did way before the podcast called The Unreliables. Tut put in this fake <laughs> Tut put in this fake bird in the opening credits that looks so much more realistic. <laughs> the same flight pattern. This is if that fake pigeon took a fake pigeon shit at some point. I was just waiting for the sound effect. The <laughs> It the fake pigeon perches itself on the door to Bronzeville, <laughs> looks in at Bronzy with its digital fake pigeon eyes and wakes him up. Bronzy's alerted then to headlights and sounds of activity coming from outside the prison walls. And when we cut outside, we see what looks like a CGI Renda Rubber Products recycling factory delivery truck. That was not a real truck. That was a fake digitally made truck that pulled up. Two guards who look like they might also be CGI standing there and a CGI backdrop of the prison behind it. This whole sequence 
look like a video game and not a good video game. No. It looked like Resident Evil circa the early 2000s. And it's like, <sighs> okay, this is where Tut's thing comes in. Like, So you didn't have access to the prison as much as you wanted, so you had to recreate some stuff on a soundstage. But did you really, like, <sighs> you had to recreate all this stuff digitally? Because it, it looks... But I mean... Couldn't you get like fifty bucks for a U-Haul rental and then go into After Effects and put uh, superimpose your graphic on that? Nothing seemed natural at all. Starting with that yeah. fucking pigeon. The pigeon well, started. I mean, that it pigeon all. was a joke, dude. And and it, it was went, like it went downhill. They should have uh, had the pigeon drop a deuce on Bronzy's foot and then have him look at it and throw out a line. You're a bird of a different feather. <laughs> I want to be in Hufflepuff. Well, the next day, while working on the prison's loading docks, Bronzy discovers that the Renda factory truck we saw the night before was delivering kilos of cocaine hidden in bags of recycled rubber chips that the prisoners used to landscape the prison yard. Uh, Don't think too much about that because we never get more into that drug smuggling ring than that they said they said it was a drug smuggling ring now we've got drugs it all ties together that's wow. all that's all you need to, that's all you need to know who is smuggling uh, them where they're being smuggled to that, that doesn't matter oh mincy don't worry your pretty little head about details <laughs> seems like cut points but it does <laughs> seem like this intel might be exactly what detective borelli <laughs> and agent langley were looking for and imagine that just then the attractive 30 something Detective Borelli shows up at the prison and after a flirty exchange asks if Bronzy has any information for it. Oh my god, and this was the most poorly written flirt ever. Dude, we always it was said, hard to watch. We always said when we did we did the Bron- the Bronson movies. He always had these love interests where we were 20 years younger than him. There was no way these chicks would fall in love with Charles Bronson. But dude, this like early thirties, a very attractive African American police detective, and he's like, "There's no pretty faces in here. They all look like mine." And she's like, "Oh no, you're like you're you're not I, that bad." I've seen some doozies. You're not bad. I'm like what? No offense, Bronzy. I, I don't want Bronzy coming for me. But come on. I actually thought that this, the actress was uh, the lady who plays on The Flash. She plays the detective, the lawyer slash detective there, but it wasn't her. No. Uh, you, you didn't feel the romantic tension there, Kate? I did not feel the romantic I, I did feel tension. I did feel tension, but it wasn't romantic. It was like gastrointestinal. It was just. Prisoner number 63 wants to escape from my pants. <laughs> I guess Prisoner 69 is where I was going to go. I I was about to say, I'm surprised you didn't go Prisoner 69. I Uh, slipped up. I said 63. (laughs) That's how they – hey, in Hungary, a 69 is called a 63. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Ask any of the horse farmers. They'll know what a 63 is. (laughs) No. They call that a Kovex. She asks – if Bronzy has any information for her and it through some very vague, like there's no way she could gather any kind of thing out of what he says. I do landscape rubber chips stuff. I'm having fun. She's like, got it. Got what we need. 
<laughs> oh man, someone needs there needs to be a handler for the Bronzy franchise, and they should have said, "No, I do landscape. I'm a gardener." Tie it into the next fucking movie. Oh, and then Bronzy's the gardener in that one. Ah, I grew an affinity for it at Pleasant Hill. No, but see, then he was Kovac, so he would have to bring that Bela Lugosi accent with him. You don't want to have the gardener in this overlap in any way. Well, they should have had the bronzy voice in this and then tied it all in. No argument there. Well, it's probably not a good idea for him and her to be having this conversation on those prison phones under the watchful surveillance of the warden who's watching all this on her security cameras. But it's a bad idea in this movie, which is chock full of bad ideas. So whatever. Uh, real quick. So things are escalating. Tension is rising. Plot points are developing. Is anything developing with your cigar boys other than uh, the spice to me is actually dialed down even more. It's now uh, a little below yeah. me on, on the nose. I did get a little bit of Nicaragua mineral working its way into the the retro hail. Um, but the draw for me is still uh, just leather and just a little bit of sweetness, which I'm attributing still to my beer. I've gotten the, uh, actually I didn't get it, but once you said the Nicaraguan mineral, I can taste the mineral, but I almost want to say that that's the beer bringing that mineral out. I don't uh, think so. I, I, I gave it some space. I, yeah. I'm going to say no because I mean I'm not I'm not drinking an IPA. I'm Pilsner is very light, so I yeah. am definitely picking up that mineral. I agree with Cade. the The spice has stayed very. I mean it. It was it hit on the initial light up, and then after you know it's slowly just crescending it just, down. Yeah, but it's still there. It's still there on the retro hill, and it, makes, and it makes it a very pleasant retro hill. I'm actually getting a little yeah. bit of the barnyard coming through that retro hill a little bit. Okay, so we're getting the the spice and mineral, um, and honestly, in the start of the final third, uh, the spice does seem to be kind of swooping up a little again, which would be really nice. Which I think it would have to. I mean, with Connecticut and Pennsylvania broadleaf fillers, I I can't see this thing really the spice dying down the, the pepper and the strength leaving to a minimal amount. Um, but man. Yeah. But to your point there, I'm kind of surprised that they actually were able to tone it down with those broad leaves. I am too. Uh, it really, that, that middle section was mellow, uh, nice spice, but nothing overpowering. And, uh, yeah. it, it really just let the leather shine. It let the mineral come in. And, uh, again, a sweetness there that I'm going to attribute to the, the citrus of the beer, but maybe broadleaf is a sweet leaf. So maybe some of that's seeping through there and it's just kind of activating it. If that makes sense. Uh, yeah. I am enjoying the cigar quite a bit. I am too. Uh, I'll go ahead and say this. I think this is probably my favorite worm one one cigar that I've smoked. Uh, what? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say it. it's, it's the more that leans towards that Nicaraguan, profile that I really like. Uh, Room 101 has always been kind of just, I don't know. It's been, it's his, been best stuff, his best stuff for me is it's it's Honduran in nature. He makes beautiful Honduran blends. Uh, I say that loving the Ecuadorian, the, the Namakubi. 
Uh, which yeah. we, man, we went on a box split with that. We all loved yeah. that Murder Hornet earlier in the year, which yeah. I thought I know. Brought, I thought brought back a lot of the classic Room One Hundred and One taste. This is it. You love the cigar, huh? Maybe I'm just drunk and and full of bronzy. I'm loving everything. That's I hey, do love the cigar. Hey, the cigar can affect the beer. The beer can affect the cigar. The movie can affect both. So uh, that that's a very distinct possibility, Todd. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disregard that. Well, it's um, amazing. You drink a few beers and all of a sudden you love everything. Man, his God cowboy bless. hat and his Love Can Panther T-shirt. Todd, I, I like this. <laughs> I'm loving it. Yeah. God bless America. Okay. I, I actually, I'm, I, I'm really digging the cigar too. Uh, Smarmy Tud is dead. Cowboy loving Tud is here. It uh, is not. Like it. it is not what I'm accustomed to going for in a Room 101 cigar, flavor wise. His best blends to me are those Honduran heavy, uh, the the earlier stuff. Although, but I see, that's it. just it. I've never gotten that heavy aspect. Even you say that it's it's more the Honduran style. I've never gotten just that heaviness of the Honduran from Room 101. No, no, I haven't either. But I'm saying that's what I always loved about it. I can't style. even enunciate Room 101 right now. Room <laughs> <laughs> Room 101. To our listeners, disregard everything I say from this point on. Well, I think we can agree to I. Yeah, I mean, it is a very smooth, uh, you know, medium to full cigar so far. I'm digging it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Across town at Renda's Rubber Products, Mr. Renda, wearing the exact same outfit that he was wearing weeks ago when we first saw him, as I said, uh, I think they only had Nicholas Turturro for one day of shooting, and they just didn't bother to change his wardrobe is explaining to the warden and her right-hand man, Deputy Warden Bright, that Bronzy's brother, Laszlo, stumbled onto their drug smuggling operation, and he had no choice but to kill the Hungarian. He had no idea that the guy's brother, who looks just like Charles Bronson, was going to show up and cause trouble. How could he know that? (laughs) He couldn't. He couldn't. The warden tells Renda that they're expecting some big shipments of cocaine coming through, and he needs to run all of his little antics by her first as she's the boss. Oh, God. So serious question. Does anybody offer acting lessons anymore? Like, is that a is that not a thing anymore? Like, nobody does that? Does anybody no. look at reels anymore? I mean. To be fair to this movie, in case you guys or perhaps some out in our audience see me as being overly harsh towards this cast. I've been watching the original Twin Peaks television series over the last few weeks, which features some truly beautiful performances. Honestly, too many to name. So to go from watching those nuanced characters remarkably brought to life by true thespians and masters in their craft, to go from that and then like 30 minutes later turn this on? No. I just wanted to explain that's not fair to this movie. And I wanted to explain where I was as a viewer but still, if someone gives you money to make a movie, you got to do better than this. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to. God, I hate. I'm going to hate doing this. I'm about to give you mad props, madder props than I've ever given you before in like the years since a lesbian wedding when we met. What you did with Fritz, Mincy, Joe. 
fucking young Paul who's never even seen a movie script, they turned out better actors than anybody that was in this movie. Anybody except for the Badabuchi guy from Boom Boom Washington. Pat Carter. I mean, oh, dude, if you can't get the thing out of the actors as a director, then get better actors. Well, but that's not it's not on the actors themselves. A director who knows how to do stuff can get crap out of people who never acted before. I've seen you do it. I'm not well, saying that Kate was responsible for you, Mincy. You're a pretty fucking genius. I like it. Well, thank you, Todd. I was very I was very hands off with the doctor. He 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 does his preparation and he asks questions when he needs answers, and then he. He uh, brings. Oh, I know there was one. There was something I can't remember exactly what it was during Hipster, but I was like getting into Doc's groove, and I could tell because even though Doc didn't say anything, I could tell that he was getting irritated, and I was just like, "Oh, Doc's doing his thing. Doc's doing his thing." I I hope I didn't become irritated. Well, you, to, uh, no, I, I could just tell that I was fucking with your flow. To you, to you, uh, listeners and viewers, what what uh, Tut is graciously. Uh, Referencing is um, before we got into this podcast business, uh, we used to make little movies um, under not independent movies, underground uh, feature films. And once we started the podcast, we did some short films, which you can find on our YouTube channel. And uh, we used traditionally non-actors. We used the, the curse of what they say is, the curse of independent films, casting your friends. Um, but I always felt if you saw, if you wrote things knowing you were going to be using your friends and you were a director halfway worth the salt, you could bring things out of them and make them relax and bring some of those characteristics that you love about them as people. Uh, and not, not saying that, you know, they're playing themselves, but you're t- able to tap into things. Christ, I and, hope. <laughs> yeah, because Mincy, you're fucked up if you are. <laughs> but, but as I a director, <laughs> as a director, your job is to rehearse and to make these people feel comfortable creating these characters the way that you envision them, especially as a writer director. And uh, thank you, Tut, because yeah, we do we do that a lot with non actors, and it's a fun it's a fun exercise to see these people who've never acted before relax enough to give themselves to the experience and, and actually deliver something outside of themselves. And when you watch a movie where people actually who claim to be actors suck on this magnitude of a level, you really, I agree, have to start pointing fingers at the director and then two way street. I think you and, got and then I mean you yeah. you can't you can't you can't turn cow shit into into gold. Uh, someone's bad, they're bad, but you knew they were bad when you when you auditioned them, and you did nothing to either recast it or to make them better. And this warden chick is a major fucking character in this movie, and she's mm. terrible. She's it's horrible, terrible, and you can't tell me. In the state of Ohio, there's not a local middle-aged actress who couldn't bring it here and do something interesting. Maybe, They're out. Maybe, maybe ten of them turned it down. <laughs> maybe so. 
I mean, but uh, why? It's fucking bronzy. Come on. Well, I'm sure they probably actresses. Well, I'm sure during the 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 when they were doing the audition, you know, they is he going to be doing? Are they going to actually do Bronson voice? They said no. He's going to speak in his own voice. They're like, I'm out. (laughs) I'm out. That's like I just I just I sent out a a, a Instagram post. Uh, I put a picture of Bronzy on there on the TNCC page. And I tagged a sliced alone official, and I'm like, dude, you got to put this guy in Expendables. You can work with him. That would be great. I would love to see Bronzy show up in the Expendables movie. But all I'm saying is, you got to do better. You got to do better than this. Uh, and also, do you know do what the, the cost work. of CGI pigeons is right now? <laughs> Astronomical. And the great, the great earlier Bronzy movies, Death Kiss, Cry Havoc was not as good, but they did the smart thing where they surrounded Bronzy with great character actors like Richard Tyson. Who Dude, fucked- and the, the lady who played his love interest in Death Kiss, even though it made no sense that she oh. was in love with Bronzy, she was a great actress. Oh, uh, her last name's Hamilton. Her first name escapes me. She was absolutely badass, this young yeah. actress. They even put uh, what's the Baldwin brother? We never Daniel in Daniel. Remember he was the radio DJ in uh, Death. Yeah, Kid. yeah. I forgot about you. Know, I they, sense a I sense a laziness aspect here, and and it's just it, in everything in casting, in in choreographing scenes, and directing. It's there's the a, there's Dr. a very lazy aspect, Doctor. It's it's the Papa John's of filmmaking. We'll make a pizza and somebody will buy it. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's not like, it's like, hey, she's a woman. She's the right age. You're the warden. Hey, this guy looks like he might be a scary dude. You're a prison inmate. You know, it it was just, you know. And the the thing about this chick who, who plays the warden, I'm not totally putting the fault on her because her IMDb page said something like, she got cast at a late age as like an extra in an Avengers movie and got bitten by the acting bug and just started getting cast and stuff. Again, take some lessons, learn to go from a background actor in Avengers to a feature talking major role in a Robert Bronzy production. God damn it. Step up, step up, step director, up. director, pull her aside and get in her head and figure out how you can pull something out of this chick. So I hope you're being sarcastic because nobody knows who Robert Bronzy is. I mean, come on. This isn't a big production. This is shit. Hey, 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 hey. I was watch being your, half watch sarcastic. Your tone there, been, watch your tone. Full sarcastic. It's a, it's a, it's a cheap I, movie. There, there, was some, there was some sarcasm there. I'm going to be um, on my horse. Mincy, I'm going to need you to watch your tone there when you're talking about Robert Bronzy. Oh, by the way, everybody should know who this cowpoke is. By the way, yes, should and actually do is another story. By the way, we've talked a lot about TV shows tonight. On Fox's football coverage, they've been promoting the hell out of this new show. And it's like country western music's top family, the things they do to stay on top of the country music business. And it's Susan Sarandon as this wife of this country music superstar. And like, I'll do anything it takes to keep him on the main stage. And it's like coming this fall from Fox, 
And dude, the main star, the guy is Trace Atkins. <laughs> oh god! Yeah, I, have, I have not caught that yet, but I don't pay much. I do not want to watch this, but I think I'm gonna have to. It's like Yellowstone with music. You know the name uh, of the show? Tell you son of a bitch! Oh, it's escaped me. It's something like uh, I'll look it up on the next break. But the the thing looks hilarious. It's got like the scene of her like massaging Trace as he's doing his ponytail backstage. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You've got this, honey. And he's like, I've got this. The king wears the crown. <laughs> it's like Trace Hackins, except a cow. He's, he's in the biggie portrait, except for the cowboy hat on yes. top to the side. It's a crown. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, the Sopranos oh. meets pure country. Oh, God, no. How could that not be a thing? Mincy, hold on to your hold on to your lazy accusation because when we get to the explosion at the end, I want to I want to revisit that. I thought you were about to say to me, hold on to your lazy ass. I was like, hey, Tut, come on, man. I said I like <laughs> no, that. No, no, no. This is this sure. is this is country Tut who loves everything. Country drunk Tut loves everything. He's not going to tell you hold on to your lazy ass. Excuse me. Hold on to your lazy ass. Lazy ass. Well, that night, the guards tasered the shit out of Bronzy's goofball buddy, Greenhorn, sending him tumbling off a second-story railing with his brain splattering all over the floor. That was actually a really nice effect. It's actually a good effect. And uh, I'm going to give George Jones the crap on all of his other effects. Gary Jones, you're stuck in country yeah. music world. Yeah, George, whatever. George Jones had nothing to do with this. <laughs> he might as well have. And uh, I'll give him a lot of shit, but the brain splatter looked good. And the body, when they got him up on the litter, that looked really good. Correct. I, 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 and I, that's where the budget of this movie went to. Monarch. The entire special effects went to Greenhorn's brains. Monarch, is that the name of it? Monarch. Jesus. Yeah, that's the right response. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting another fucking beer. <laughs> I need I just, another necessary evil. <laughs> I just got word that I just got word that Travis Tritt's planning a concert in the same town the same night. You know what to do. You know what to do. <laughs> I'm sorry, Travis Tritt will whoop that motherfucker's ass all you up think and he, down Do you think they're actually going to like him be in there regularly, or like he's going to get killed off in one episode or something, or? Fox did a series about like an R&B record empire. It's called Empire, I think, where it's like this, this kind of mob type uh, with R&B music. I think this is the equivalent, only Trace Atkins is the, the Biggie Smalls. Of the- so, so at the end of the episode, when Travis Tritt I actually is watched a couple run of over by a Kubota tractor, right. They don't know who to investigate. Who did it? He was well, run he over ran by over a, with a Kubota. He was run uh, over by a case tractor. Who do you think did it? Tut, do you want to start Monday Night Monarch where we wear our cowboy hats and talk about the show? Yes, yes. I'll tell you that some bitch can act. He just got on that Kubota tractor and just, just goddamn American. 
He makes Tim McGraw's performance in Friday Night Lights look like nothing but cow chips melting under a July sun. I hate to date myself, but he made Tim McGraw look like Tim Magoo. I mean, he was just blind all up and down that set. Hey, I haven't seen an episode of Monarch, but I'm going to just go ahead and say it looks like it features a lot of hints of rodeo stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And I will watch it just because Trace Atkins is in it. I know you will. (laughs) To be the king, you better be. Beat the king. Whoa. I'm the motherfucker who makes the goddamn motherfucking moves. <laughs> hey. Who's this blowing up my beeper? I got three boxes of ZD in my guitar case. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> You see Leave the, the gun, take the chicken fried steak. <laughs> I can't believe I haven't seen a commercial for this yet. No. Well, look, by killing that goofy bastard Greenhorn, the warden needed to send a message. And by making Bronzy mop up the brains, she's delivered her message loud and clear. She tells Bronzy that she knows he's working with law enforcement and they can't be trusted. As soon as they get what you what you got to offer, Bronzy, they're going to clip your wings and leave you for dead. I think that's a pigeon reference to that pigeon. But if you work with us, we're family. That's the thing. Like her name is like Warden Brazili. Like they all have Italian names, but she's clearly not. Hey. No, not at all. Even the even the African American detective was like Detective Spinelli or something. It's like what? Uh, anyway. And if he doesn't agree to work for the warden, she'll bury his ass here at Pleasant Hill. When she gets back to her office, three generic mafia members are waiting for her to voice their displeasure at the news that Bronzy has infiltrated their prison. But she assures them she's in total control. So they agree. All right, you can handle this. I don't know why I said that like Bronzy. (laughs) Say in Italian voices like, all right, you can handle this. And they get up and you hear them talk as they're leaving. Let's go find some Italian food. And the, like one guy's like, there's a place down the street that serves good spaghetti. Like, yeah, let's go down there. Like, these are the most, we never see these. That's, why, that's why I thought that this was, this was done in Hungarian. No, these I thought are this Ohio- was done in Hungary. I thought this was Hungarian writers. I thought no, that this the, was people. These are Sandusky, that, Ohio. That don't know, I thought that this was people that don't know American culture who are, who are no, writing American That's what's American so crazy, culture. Tut. That's what's so crazy, Tut. You thought these were European actors that don't know how to speak English. These were we've Ohio done movie, we've, we've done movies like that that were obviously done in a foreign country that were writing for an American audience, that they were writing what they thought American audiences wanted. I thought seem, that that's what this movie was. It does seem that way, but these were just bad Ohio theater actors oh. trying to be mafia gang guys. Let's go get some meatballs. You got it, boss. I like that. These were Ohio theater actors. They literally say that at one point, I think, like, let's go someplace that serves Italian food. I know a place that's got meatballs. On Thursday night, they're back to, welcome to River City. (laughs) Welcome to the Sandusky, Ohio, BJ's Brewhouse. Maybe some spaghetti. What's the matter? You don't like a Sandusky ravioli? (laughs) No, I'm going to write that down. Let me write that down for you. 
Actually, I have a cousin. I, our, our longtime listeners and viewers will know I actually originated from Ohio. A lot of my family is still there. Uh, I have a cousin whose nickname is the Sandusky Meatball. Um, that's, en- that's enough about BC. <laughs> he, he, he's put that behind him. And, uh... <sighs> this film was shot, quick story, this, this film was shot in Mansfield, Ohio. Speaking of my cousin BC, one year, uh, about 10 years ago or so, my wife and I, uh, traveled back to Ohio to see some family, and we went to visit uh, my cousin. He lived in Wooster, Ohio, was kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And we were traveling back to my hometown in Ohio, and we got lost. And I found myself at a Starbucks in the middle of nowhere. And my wife still, once or twice a year, brings this up to mock me and ridicule me to no end. I pull in the Starbucks, and the lady's like, Welcome to Starbucks. Can I help you? And I'm like, yeah, this is going to sound great. This is back before GPS and, uh, you know, didn't have it all on our phones. And I'm like, this is going to sound kind of great. Can you tell me where I am? I'm kind of lost. And I was kind of flustered. And I could have swore she said we were in Beansfield, Ohio. And I'm like, Beansfield? Oh, I get it. Coffee. No, I mean, where are we really? And this and this this teenage girl working at Starbucks kind of looks at me weird, and my wife turns to me. She's like, "She said Mansfield. You're in Mansfield, Ohio. Nobody said Beansfield." And I was like, "Oh." And I was like, "Well, can you tell me how to get to where I was?" And like, I was such an asshole about it. Like she did. She the chick wouldn't talk to me anymore. It took me like three hours to make a, a an hour trip from. Beansfield to wherever the hell I was going. Anyway, there is no Beansfield, Ohio, by the way. I learned that the hard way. Uh, I should have said that in the bronzy voice. Beansfield. What is this? Some kind of joke. Uh, once the sun goes down, the warden invites the Neanderthal Bunyan up to her office for a steak dinner. That's a pathetic looking steak, isn't it? I, I mean, I'm guessing it's the prison cafeteria made it for him, but um, as a, expecting? Oh, they they spared no expense anywhere else. As a romantic, <laughs> as a romantic Celine Dion type ballad plays on her stereo in her office, she tells the lunkhead that she needs his help taking care of something, something important, and he reluctantly nods and eats his steak. I don't like the sound of that. Do you, Doctor? I have to confess, I've already moved on mentally to whatever Monarch is going to debut. <laughs> <laughs> Two, we're totally going to do a show on the first couple of episodes of Monarch. Medium rare. The stake on my hopes. Somebody sabotaged my jeans. I can't go on stage. There's no accident. Sabotage. <laughs> Do you starch my jeans? No. Sorry. Sorry. Yes, there's bad foreboding after the steak dinner. Well, Bronzy should not like the sound of any of this because the following morning, Bunyan picks a fight with Bronzy in the cafeteria at breakfast. 
when Bronzy stomps his boot on the big guy's eggs that have spilled onto the floor, now they're scrambled like your brains are about to be. Again, he, he doesn't say anything cool like that, but I will. Shit escalates fast. And when Bunyan's pal, the dog barking idiot, comes up behind Bronzy aggressively, he gets an elbow to the jaw, which makes that stupid ass chomp down on his tongue, sending his severed tongue soaring across the cafeteria. And this one dude gleefully holds up his cup of orange juice and catches the tongue in it. It's like, yeah, I got it. He tries to. He actually tries to do that. He actually tries to catch it, and he does. Uh, Best sequence of the movie. (laughs) Woof, woof. (laughs) As they're held apart by guards, Bunyan warns Bronzy. uh, Bunyan warns Bronzy, a storm's coming. A storm is coming for you, Bronzy. Bronzy's in big trouble. Yaks, Bunyan's talking metaphorically there about a storm coming. It's not an actual weather storm. He's bringing no, it. No, it's it's a weather report a was clear skies. Storm of trouble is coming. Storm of trouble. So there's a, a little bit of a little bit of subtext in the screenplay there. Deep metaphor. Yeah. Oh, and when Bronzy sits back, sits back down with his loser buddies to eat, those old dudes, all of his coward friends tell him, including his cell uh, next door neighbor Tex. Don't count on us for any help with this. <laughs> At least they're honest. That I rang, love the honesty. That, that rang a little too familiar and true for me. <laughs> hey, uh, whatever you're going to do, Bronzy, don't look at us for any kind of help. It was as if we were sitting at that table with him. That was TNT style. That's untrue. When that motherfucker... Oh, God, that had, was oh, when that motherfucker at O'Brien's uh, historic downtown Temple, Texas, made fun of your shirt, and I thought that you were about to go for it, I was going to step up, and I was going to be like, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And Kate was like, no, don't disrespect the pub. And you like, rightfully didn't do anything, but I was on board. I was saddled. I was saddled up, partner. Yeah, we we almost got into it a couple times over the years, and you, you did step up, Todd. Thank you. And I can say that now because I'm glad that you didn't because then that was like excellent. <laughs> I, I I can gladly say in all of our years of getting completely unconsciously drunk at O'Brien's uh, Irish pub in downtown historic Temple, Texas, we never disrespected the pub. I mean, we did never disrespect like, the pub. We disrespected it with urine, with puke, with inappropriate <laughs> comments. Uh, really, really inappropriate sampler uh, substitution requests. We did everything else, but we never fought in the pub. You're welcome. We yeah. Fought outside the pub. I, I, I guess. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> I think it went without well, saying. Uh, every man has his limits. I think that's the tagline of Monarch. Every man has his limits. No, uh, that's too that that's too cool sounding. <laughs> Somebody took your ponytail braids. We can't. We, I guess we could braid it and not do a ponytail tonight. You got to be fucking kidding me! Probably won't have f bombs if it's on Fox. Sure enough, on their way to work duty, Bunyan rips off his shirt, and then he rips off Bronzy's shirt. And they get into a big old brawl with all their fellow inmates circled around them, dancing in place, pumping their fists in the air, and screaming over and over things like, kill him, finish him. 
It was a lot like our boot of uh, remembrance video. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. But it but goes like, on. But it goes like on for way, like ten minutes. And I like the way all the fights in this movie—they're not like brawls. They're not like two guys just like bam sandwich and fall to the floor punching. It's like all right, we're gonna fight. Excuse me, uh, Queens of Hayworth rules. Okay. All right, I'm going to get my dukes up, and we're going to fight. They always put their dukes up and just circle around for a while. (laughs) Eventually, after exchanging dozens of of punches patiently, Bronzy gets gets the upper hand, and just as he's about to strangle Bunyan to death with a metal chain under the approving smile of the warden who's watching from above, he releases his death grip on the big oaf. He's not a killer, boys. He's not a killer. The warden's not happy. She was mouthing to Bronte, finish him, finish him. And he didn't, he defied I'm not her. your stool He pigeon. defied her commands. He's not, Tut, her stool pigeon. All of a sudden, that pigeon comes in and shakes its head. Pigeon comes in, shits on the warden's forehead, and we end the movie there. <laughs> Um, was that a turd or a pigeon squawking? That, that was the pigeon swooping in. That's my pigeon sound effect. Does that work for you guys? <laughs> this is how not. This is how I know the beer is working. Is that I'm laughing at your fart noise. I'm just glad you can hear him. It's working. Everything's coming together tonight, boys. Um, well, uh, she's not happy one bit, so she sends both Bronzy and Bunyan to solitary confinement. Orders everyone else to their cells. And tells her deputy warden to summon the doctor. Doctor. When you heard her summon the doctor, you had to get a little tingling inside, right? Uh, I had lost my ability to tingle at anything when this movie by that point. Oh, and dude, this was a total American movie moment. Because we tell the deputy warden, send them to solitary, put everyone else in their cells. And then you show, cut to him and he's like, send everyone to solitary, put everyone in their cells. Like. <laughs> Just repeat everything I just said to you, but louder. <laughs> and summon the doctor. Uh, well, doctor, you may not have got excited by the summoning of the doctor, but I sure did. You know what else I get excited about, Todd? Um, what's that? I get excited. That's right. About Drew Estate cigars every time I light one up. And the, almighty, and the almighty Drew Estate is about to make someone a whole lot richer. <sighs> During its latest Freestyle Live show on the company's Facebook Live page, facebook.com forward slash Drew Estate Cigar, Drew Estate announced it will hold a Bitcoin sweepstakes with numerous incredible prizes during the upcoming Freestyle Live events, including a grand prize of one full Bitcoin for a lucky fan to be announced during the February 17th, 2022 edition of Freestyle Live. They're giving away Ford trucks, ATVs. A big-ass fucking bar, which would look great here in the corner of No It would actually take up the entire corner of No Hope. Uh, we'd have to really do some logistics to... Uh, I would love that thing. Oh, I would make it work somehow. Um, Daddy, why don't I have a bedroom anymore? I had to find a, <laughs> I had to get this bar in here somewhere, baby. You've got a mattress on top of our Drew Estate bar, but you need to put that up in the morning. A lot of, a lot of kids like sleeping in the bathtub. I don't know why I said that like Trace Atkins. (laughs) Well, that's the funny thing is that as soon as we got into this, I'm thinking like Drew Estate's giving away a Bitcoin. 
<laughs> Entry into the unheralded Drew Estate Bitcoin sweepstakes is simple. During each of the company's three freestyle live events, October 15th, November 11th, tomorrow night, and January 20th, 2022, the company will be randomly selecting the names of five people who attend the online show and comment during specific times in each broadcast as potential winners of an assortment of fantastic prizes. I'm not kidding. These prizes are off the chart. Awesome. The five winners from each of these three shows will create the contestant pool of 15 people eligible to win the grand prize Bitcoin. How crazy is that? That's really crazy, Tut. Not just a little bit crazy. That's not just a little bit crazy. You're absolutely right, partner. And while we're talking about super cool, crazy stuff, I'd like to take a hot minute once again to let you know about something very cool, Cigar World. Cigar World's an online site for cigar smokers. There you can get cigar news, reviews, and a whole lot more. Also on the site is a cigar research panel called the Testing Lab. You can sign up to give your input on new cigars by taking surveys and testing cigars. Trust me, it's worth checking out. You can go to cigarworld.com forward slash testing lab and let your voice and opinions be heard. Hey, this promo was not brought to you by the Fox hit show Monarch. Monarch. Damn sure should be. Hey, at at cigarworld.com forward slash testing labs, you can play like you're Aaron Rodgers and do your own research. (laughs) Bear down. Bear down. (laughs) Fucking dipshit. You know, I'm what's called a critical thinker. I like to uh, do my own. Okay. I'd like to see Aaron Rodgers hunker down with his microscope, analyzing shit that these, you know, these doctors have been doing it for what, 20 years, analyzing coronaviruses and all that. He's got this. He's got this. I'm sorry that I misled, or I'm sorry that you were misled by your thoughts of what my affirmation statement was. You know, I, I petitioned the NFL to let them uh, consider me immune to the coronavirus because I tickled myself with some horse feathers and listened to some Tori Amos records. And they seemed to think that that was not a, a suitable no. yeah, uh, that was not a suitable replacement for the vaccine. And, I'm pretty sure that does work, by the way, though. Uh, it actually gave me a gigantic rash. But I might have been listening to the wrong Tori Amos records. Oh, I bet you were. I bet you were listening to Fiona Apple. I, I think that's no, actually, Todd. Uh, when I when I looked at where the rash was, I was listening to Annie DeFranco. Hey, don't you don't you be disparaging my baby Annie. I, that's I like it. That's on me. <laughs> Annie De who? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, a, I'm an Annie DeFranco fan. I, I almost I said the same thing that. there. I, I mean, I'm on the same page with Trace on that one. Your you, references flew over. Do you, do you think Annie DeFranco will be appearing on Monarch anytime soon? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, remember the doctor that the warden summoned? No. I just... It was just a couple minutes ago. By the way, uh, I'm kind of like almost done with this thing. Okay, okay. Well, let's 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 finish up the cigar real quick. I don't know where you. I don't know where you boys are. On this. I, I am almost close, and we're almost done with the movie. So let's uh, let's address this. I'm in the final third. The actually the the spice in the uh, the strength of that pepper on the retro kicked up a little bit in the third last third, which I was really happy about. 
Um, that mineral kicked up as well. So it was kind of a, a nice balance of mineral and spice. And then uh, the leather and sweetness continued to just be super pleasant uh, up to this point. Does that sound like what you guys are getting? Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. I think all the flavors intensified in that last third, uh, which really, I mean, I, 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 I'm not going to say I appreciated the way it mellowed down. I wish it would have had this strength all the way through it. I don't mind, you know, a cigar that doesn't do this ebb and flow trans, transition of stuff. I love what this has given me in the last third. I love what it gave me in the first third. I wish it would have delivered in the entire cigar. Uh, but yeah, the the final third of this thing is badass. I mean, there's there's no way around it, partner. To stick to stick with the football thing, we've been talking about a lot tonight. It was like a really gangbusters first quarter, and then things slow down in the second quarter, and then after the first after halftime. But then it's just a really that fourth quarter kicks back in, and it it's a uh, yeah, I, I'm digging. It is not my favorite Room 101 cigar. I'm a Longhorn fan, so I no. don't know anything about kicking it up in the fourth quarter. Well, as a Longhorn fan, you would not know anything about what I'm talking about. <laughs> but it is a very good cigar. Um, like I said, I, I, I tend to really like Room 101 cigars. This is outside their typical wheel, wheelhouse with this much broadleaf, but I liked it a lot. Yak is... Yaks, is all this making sense to you? It is very much making sense to me. I will agree. And even for me right now, I mean, it really hasn't dialed back to where it was in the beginning. It never quite gets back to that first impression strength. It, it still has really good flavors, like I said. I mean, it just I, – I wish it would have stuck with that in the beginning. That, that would have been awesome. And I will say this, Yaks, I think going with uh, you're doing a, the, the Hans Pills, I think with a hoppy IPA, a citrus forward uh, IPA like Tutney had, it really brought out the sweetness of that broadleaf uh, to go yeah. with that leather. This, this would have been a totally different uh, cigar with, a, with something else. I think, I think pairing-wise, uh, the citrus forward hoppy IPA is – the way to go on this cigar. If I were a professional, I would listen back to other podcasts to see if there were another pairing that I would put up with this. But right now, man, I'm just saying that the that that Citrus Ford IPA with this cigar is probably my favorite pairing that I've done this year. Yeah, it's been it's been gangbusters. And I also I want to. You know, when we get towards the end of the year and we're trying to put our top ten list of the year, I might, if if there's anywhere I can find one of those murder hornets, I probably want to go back and revisit that. Because I, I do need- remember, I do remember loving that cigar a lot. Well, Tut, you're. But I'm still kind of like, man, this is. I still want to say this is my favorite Room 101 offering. Well, Tut, unlike Aaron Rodgers, uh, who puts his faith and trust into an an unreliable podcast host like Joe Rogan, I've actually got a murder hornet with your name on it. Uh, All right. And I want to revisit that, too, because I think it's going to be a battle between these two. For These are two of the best cigars I've had this year, and I really want to go back to that. I'm sorry, Yaks, we only have two more murder hornets. 
uh, I want to go back and, and do a Pepsi challenge with these two because that one reminded me a lot of the glory days of Room 101 from the Davidoff years. And very subtle, very simple, but just right in my wheelhouse flavors. This one was so different, but damn it, if it wasn't a, made for a great smoking experience. Um, so, Todd, I'll get you a murder hornet for uh, evaluation before our end of the year list. Uh, let's go ahead and talk price point. This is a regular production stick. Uh, it, he started out the farce with, I believe, the Habano farce. And then he uh, introduced the Connecticut farce. And then this is after he came back out of his brief retirement, which we discussed with him on the show. It was like a six-month retirement, which wasn't really a retirement. It was more like... It was like a prince retirement. It was a divorce. Uh, and then he started dating very quickly after that divorce. Um, which if you haven't seen that interview with us, go to our YouTube channel. It's a phenomenal interview. Um, but yeah, this, he followed it up the, the third entry into the farce uh, line, uh, with the Maduro and I've had the, the Habano and the Connecticut and by far, this is the most interesting, uh, of the three. So price point tut. Hey, I'm going to go 1325. 1325. Yeah. Mm. You know, room 101's kind of all over there. They they've got the big paybacks which are a little on the lower side. They've got um but it's also kind of unique because a lot of his blends that he used to do, he doesn't do anymore. So, he's kind of reintroducing a lot of stuff, introducing new stuff. It's kind of all over the place, but he he never tends to go too pricey, which I respect. Um, 1375, 25, 25. 1350. Okay. King Trump. I'll go 11, 1150. 1150. Two, almost two bucks less. These suckers cost us 1080. Good yes. deal. That's a good deal. 1080. Uh, and it's last, it's a slow burning smoke. It's lasted a good while. Um, Construction was great. I've only had to relight because running my jaws so much. Um, so yeah, 1080. I'm totally cool with that. It's a great $10 stick. It's a phenomenal $10 stick, actually. Uh, please remember. The when funny Chris- thing is, is I've actually bought this before at uh, Smoker's Abbey <laughs> because you know when he gets a new line in and he gets some you know new stuff, he's like, hey man, you gotta try this. And, and usually what I do when I go in there, I'll buy like two cigars that I'm, I'm familiar with that I want. And then the third cigar, I'll be like, pick me something, just go, go, go nuts, whatever. You know my profile, do it. And then I remember picking the farce out, or him picking the farce out, but I don't remember pay. I don't remember what I paid for it. Okay, and it might tell you, There's a brewery next door, so it could have been a farce Connecticut or a farce Vermont. <laughs> totally good. They they look very similar. You you may not have had this cigar, but uh, please remember, folks, when purchasing some fine Room 101 cigars or other fine premium stogies from FamousSmokeShop.com to use your new favorite promo code TNCC20 at checkout, where it will knock $20 off your purchase of $100 or more. I think you get two five-packs of this at 50-something bucks. 20 bucks off, man. You get out of there for like 70 something bucks with 10 of these guys. 
It's a phenomenal. I'm just saying that I got an A in Calculus 1, a B in Calculus 2, and then an A in Calculus 3. And if you spend 100 bucks and get 20 bucks off, that's like 20% off. Hey. UT at its finest. That's good calculus, Tut. Thank you. Don't ask me what my discrete math grade is. No, I, I wasn't going to go there. Uh, it's, it's a sore subject. I imagine it's probably what Trace Atkins himself got at uh, Stephen F. Austin back when he attended. <laughs> An A? Um, uh, yeah, man. Welcome to the world of broadleaf blends, uh, Matt Booth. This is really good. I mean, I'm impressed by this cigar. I am. I, I really, like I said, I'm not backing off that right now it's my favorite cigar of Room 101. I remember the Namakubi. I liked the Namakubi. I I just really like this cigar. It's gravitating to me. He's actually bringing back the Namakubi at the end of this year. Uh, we're out of money, so I won't be able to get that for us. Um, but maybe next year. We'll see. Lots of changes coming afoot. We'll see. Uh, okay. Well, remember the doctor? It seems like forever ago I mentioned it. The doctor that the warden summoned? Get the doctor, she said. Well, the doctor shows up rocking a white lab coat and dark frame glasses, just like our doctor. That's how you know he's real. He looks authentic to me. He even had a stethoscope tucked in his little shirt pocket. That's how you know he's real, man. Don't leave home without one of those. And just as the tall weirdo, not you, doctor, this tall hey. weirdo, <laughs> this guy, just as he's about to inject bronzy with a large syringe full of poison, I don't know why they didn't just kill him. They have a million guards and guns, and they've killed they killed Greenbrier or whatever that guy's name. But they just threw him off the. They literally fired a minigun at prisoners who had a small skirmish. No, let's bring in the doctor to take care of this guy. He was he was kind of like I think supposed to be like that dude in True Lies that, that with the truth serum. He had like his little goodie bag of syringes and. Uh, it didn't oh, make. Oh, did you need a shot? You need a <laughs> shot. I could use a shot, whiskey. Uh, yeah, that was my that was my Cannonball Run two reference. I never saw that. Was it good? It oh, was, yeah, it was phenomenal. Good. Oh, okay, all right. Is Bronzy in that? No, he should be though. Okay. Well, just as he's about to fill Bronzy with a large syringe full of poison. Bunyan breaks free from his solitary cell door next door, beats up his guard, and then breaks into Bronzy's cell and injects the doctor with his own poison instead. Bunyan! Stabbed. I guess you could say the doctor was stabbed by his own sword. Indeed. Taste of his own medicine. You see... Yeah, taste of his own medicine. You see, Bunyan owed Bronzy one for sparing his life. He could have killed him in that match, and he didn't. So the big guy's making things right. Oh, and it just so happens that upstairs in the main prison, all of the inmates have chosen that exact moment to rebel against the warden, and they start a full-blown riot, knocking out prison guards right and left, biting their arms, shooting them with their guns, all weirdly filmed in front of green screens, which was weird. I, I didn't get why they didn't shoot it, whatever. All right. Well, uh, to, 
she isn't pleased as she watches all this green screen violence unfold on their security monitors. I want them dead now, she says. Finish the job. All right. So, so okay, so here's what I'm thinking about this green screen stuff. You had the prison for, like, maybe one or two days. They knew they weren't going to be able to shoot all their stuff there. So I'm really thinking that green screen guru who's worked on the Avenger movies. Oh, wait, no, that was the warden who was just an extra on the Avenger movies. Right. The green screen guru, uh, George Jones, who did the wrong movies. And I think yeah. that he was like, yeah, George Jones is what I said. And I think he was like, all right, I don't have time to do all these all these scenes here. So we're just going to shoot some steals of the uh, – of the Ohio prison and then we'll green screen that and then we'll use the steals that I shot. That's clearly what he, that's clearly what he did. Yeah. These guys, these guys are just fighting in front of a green screen of some cell blocks somewhere on a, on a stage. And it looked terrible. It looked terrible. The only thing, the only thing that makes sense is that they didn't have time enough to shoot all this. And then this was their plan going in all along because it made no sense of why you have the access to this prison, but then all this shit is shot on green screen. Almost more baffling. Have you ever, you guys had a beer where you pop the cap and it doesn't puncture the top of the beer? Oh, Many a time. Yeah, that's happened yeah. before. Yeah, yeah. You just got to work it. You just got to work it. Well, now okay. I- now I tore off the cap and it just created a tiny little hole. Oh Jesus! On my laptop, I just poured it all over my laptop, so we're probably gonna lose the show. Great. Oh, that's some good stuff right there. Um, I guess I'll just pour it out of this tiny hole. Um, it, it did look jarringly fake. All this fight footage. Uh, like Tut said, it probably they didn't. Hey, we're not gonna we're gonna need stuff after the fact when we're not allowed in here anymore. So let's just grab some footage and we'll have guys fight in front of a green screen. But it just looked terrible. And, and it, it looked was, horrible. This goes back to what I was saying with with the acting. Somebody is giving you money to make a movie. You gotta do better than this. I agree, especially if you had a budget that was over Death Kiss. I mean, this is this is dude. Bad. You don't know what their budget was. But, I'm not but, defending any of this in any way, but I, I think it, it's 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 poorly made. I think but, we all agree on that. But doctor, the, the Tut Tut referenced our our film that we did years ago, our underground film. We made that for twenty four thousand dollars, and we didn't have anything this 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 poorly conceived in it. True, we weren't choreographing giant fight scenes either. True. Yeah, but, but if you were, you would. You, I would like to think that you would do it at location. I mean, I would never, I would never let something that looked this terrible in my movie. It was poorly made. I, I think they ran I, out of money and they slapped whatever they could together. It was poorly made. I was of of all the things in this movie, this is the stuff that really kind of like. I'm just kind of going, why, dude? Why? Yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted, if anything, I wanted better for Bronzy. Really? I was saying why pretty much five minutes into this thing. No, 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 no. no. I, I saw what. I'm with, he, Kay, I'm with Kane. Bronzy saw, deserves better. I saw what a good. I, 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 I saw what a talented filmmaker could do on a low budget with Bronzy and Death Kiss. 
you failed him here. You failed Bronzy. Yeah. He's he's but, he, come on, Sly. Put him in Expendables Five. He, he's living in in fucking Beansfield, Ohio, away from his family and hungry, raising horses for this shit. I'm guessing even in Beansfield, Ohio, living at the Best Western, he, he's doing better than he was in Hungary, I'm guessing. No, he had a nice horse ranch in Hungary. He, he was doing all right then. Hey, at least in Beansfield, they got a Applebee's probably. I've been to Hungary. Hungary's a beautiful country. We love I've, you, Hungary. I've been to the Mansfield Applebee's. It is not beautiful. <laughs> So Bronzy and Bunyan flee to the chapel tower, the, the prison's church, where they find themselves trapped. And the man holding the key is a towering, emotionless prison guard named Siegel. Like either the bird Siegel or Steven Seagal, we'll see. Who taunts the men with the keys before setting down his taser wand and karate kicking the shit out of both tough guys. Oh, first of all. Siegel, they made this guy look like a fucking badass in the scene. Doctor, I thought for a second it was our old buddy Derek Mears, but then I was like, he would good, he wouldn't, he wouldn't go anywhere near this. He played Swamp, he he played Jason and Swamp Thing. He's not going anywhere near this. I can see how you would have thought that from the guy's face, uh, but uh, no. And uh, dude, I I'm sorry. He was tall, but I laughed at the karate scene because the dude looked like like a potato. He did. He he, he, did. He looked like a potato doing karate kicks. Uh, What's so funny is that it made no sense, but I still loved it. I was still oh, like, we, just like. Well, here was our, this was our big moment, our Tango and Cash moment, where Bronzy and Bunyan are, are now partners. Bronzy and, and Bunyan. And Bunyan they're like, and looking, Bronzy. they're like looking at each other like, it's your turn. Ah, oh, shit. And they both get their asses kicked. Oh, my God. Like the second round when Bunyan was like, no. I'm even, not doing this. Even teaming up together, they have a hard time taking out Seagull. Until that is, Bronzy's little CGI pigeon friend swoops into the chapel and distracts the guy long and This <laughs> is a straight up D and D wizard familiar move to where you have your familiar go in on the bad guy and then it gives you advantage on the next tag. But here's the let thing. Let me get nerd. Let here's me the thing. let me drop my nerd on you. Because we have no context in this character, we've never seen him before. When that pigeon swoops down there, he stops and like smiles, like he has some kind of connection with the pigeon. I think there was this, there was a cut scene. That's the only explanation. Yeah, Kate, but you, that, didn't see, you didn't see the director's cut. <laughs> I did not see the director's cut. <laughs> <laughs> But he, Deathlock 13 Redux. They go into that guy's relationship with the pigeon. But here's the deal. Am I the, am I the only one here who loves Bronzy? I mean, not Bronzy, but Bunyan. I, I love this dude. No. He, he was written. He was written extremely poorly. His lines are crap. The script was crap. But I yeah, love this dude. But other than that. But well, I, I did, still loved him. I don't I know did. what it was about him. Every time he was on the screen, I, I, think, I loved it. I it think was, it was elementary it was just kindergartenish but i still it, loved it it's funny you say that to elementary and kindergartenish because it wasn't until he helps bronzy and they team up that i finally realized that bunyan is mentally retarded 
I can agree with that. Yeah. He's stunted. He's he's not a a fully ad, advanced adult. And I didn't get I that. I can agree with that. I thought he was just a, a, a jackass uh, through the first three-fourths of the movie. And now I'm like, oh, he's actually stunted. Like, he's not. And, the, and yeah, well, then I think that's what you're supposed uh, to do. You'd be like. I'm fine oh, with you, that. Oh, you know what? He's like Forrest Gump with triceps. <laughs> I'm good with that. I thought that was evident from the time the guy first opened his mouth, but I mean, it should have been. Well, as uh, Seagal is admiring the seagull or the pigeon or whatever the hell it is, they take that, they seize that opportunity long enough for Bronzy to pin him to the ground and take his taser wand and jam it into his throat, killing him. Literally tasering him through the mouth to death stabbed by his own sword you might say oh yeah oh yeah I might say that the new best friends then use the guards keys to access the prison's arsenal where they arm themselves to the teeth with machine guns grenade launchers and, and another gatling gun that they just happen to have up there just so many gatling guns in this prison Jesus Christ how yeah. many gatling guns does Pleasant Hill need you like do four. not. You never have enough Gatling guns. You never have enough Gatling. Well, guess what? The TNCC has zero. Work on that, boys. <laughs> exactly. Yaks, you're kind of dropping the ball on this. Last time I looked around here, when the zombies come, we're depending. Last time I looked around here, I saw come, no Gatling We're depending guns. on you. You gotta have the Gatling guns. You got no Gatling guns here. Meanwhile, in the main prison, the warden and her deputy warden, Bright, are trying <laughs> like hell to avoid the rioting inmates as they make their way through the building in an attempt to get the hell out of Dodge. But when she and her underling are cornered by some bloodthirsty prisoners, she pushes her loyal assistant to the wolves and even shoots him in the gut to buy herself a little more time. As she you t- shot me, bitch. <laughs> you damn bitch. And she takes out some of the convicts as well. Perhaps you could say Deputy Warden Bright was stabbed by his own sword. Oh, got one a minute ago. Yeah. That's the third time I used that. It's probably too much. Get this. As Bronzy and Buntnian make their way through the prison, I'm guessing they're still completely unaware there's a full-blown riot going on because they haven't seen any of the other prisoners. They think they're on their own here, just doing their own thing. That crazy doctor, remember that guy with the lab coat yeah. and the dark rim glasses? He pops up. We thought he was dead. He was foaming at the mouth from that poison. He jumps out of the shadows and attacks Bunyan, only to have the top half of his head blown off by Bronzy. Oh my God, it was the top half. That's a good. That's a good effect too. Like the top half of his skull just blows off. It was like I, the Terminator. It was like Terminator Two, except with the like flesh and blood. Yeah. I didn't see that coming, did you guys? No. No. Outside oh my God, the- are we about to get through this entire movie without a hot pursuit? Uh-oh. Of course not. Don't are you, you sure? Don't you challenge me, Dad. Don't you challenge me. No, no. I think I, I'm kind of like, I'm like now, are you going to add hot pursuit just because I mentioned it? You, you, well, if that's how you felt, you should have mentioned it at the very end and called me on it, but it's... Trust me, I I know what I'm doing here. Uh, okay. I, unlike Joe Rogan, I am a trusted 
podcaster. <laughs> Outside, the prisoners have breached the outdoor courtyard area, and the wizard is the first one to get shredded to pieces by the guard tower's Gatling gun. Oh. He wait, The wizard waves his newly acquired taser pole in the air like a wand and cries out for a mystical portal to open, and they just blast him to smithereens. And think, again, they use an awesome sound effect with the... I think it's fair to say the wizard was stabbed by his own... Okay, okay. Oh, my God. Sorry, no. sorry, sorry. No, good. he wasn't. He wasn't all right. at all. Okay, but good riddance to the wizard. That guy was an asshole, right? I hated the wizard. He's he was annoying. Actor. What did the wizard do to you? He did nothing. He was a terrible actor. He was annoying. So shit goes completely off the rails crazy now. Somehow the prison guards never received any type of firearms training or target practice because they can't manage to shoot anybody despite firing off thousands of rounds at Bronzy and Brunion. Uh, well, they did hit that old fart, the wizard, pretty easy. They, they killed that asshole. But meanwhile, Meathead Bunyan is blowing everybody away with his Gatling gun. Dude, he's mowing down guards right and left. But and luckily, and luckily, I have to say, they changed the sound effect on Bunyan's Gatling gun, and it sucked. It was kind of weak sauce. I'll give you that. It was very weak sauce. It wasn't the brr of an A-10 Warthog. And luckily, when uh, Bunyan runs out of Gatling gun bullets, he's like, oh, shit. And everybody's shooting at him, but still can't hit him. Bronzy's ready to step up and take care of business with his grenade launcher. He just starts blasting dudes with grenades right and left. Game over. Remember those secret tunnels that the wizard used to talk about before he looked like a big old puddle of chewed up dog food? Well, Bronzy and Bunyan find those tunnels and start shuffling down them just as three CGI helicopters arrive with a small army of SWAT team members in hot pursuit. <laughs> now, did you just add that because I mentioned it, or was it in the script? You'll never know. <laughs> but weren't those SWAT I'll say I want to believe it was in the script. I want to believe. I want to believe. Are not want those SWAT believe. team members in hot pursuit of Bunyan and Bronzy? I believe they were. Yeah, they were. They were. They are, they are there to restore order at Pleasant Hill. And they do that rather swiftly via superior firepower. Did you hear as the SWAT team approaches the inmates who are riding that one long-haired inmate charges at them and says, and dude, I had, I had the captions turned on. I heard it, but I wasn't paying attention to the closed captioning. I had to rewind it. And sure enough, there's this long-haired prisoner that charges at the SWAT team and says, suck my fucking penis. That's natural. That's natural. I don't think I've ever heard a guy say that expression in that exact way in this type of situation before ever. So was the first time. Escape Escape from Cell Block 13 has that going for it. (laughs) Can you imagine that's your your march, your your final dying, like, all right, if I'm going to die, I'm going to go out saying what I got to say. Suck my fucking penis. Can you imagine that's your IMDB credit? I kind of like that. Suck my fucking penis guy. 
That's his credit. Next year, <laughs> next next year we're at the uh, Texas Frightmare Convention. There's this long-haired dude sitting there drinking a Diet Dr Pepper. Ten bucks? Hey, only ten bucks for an autograph. What's this guy known dude, for? Dude, you're the suck my fucking penis oh, guy. Dude, you're the guy that said suck my fucking penis to the SWAT team, and I'll give him ten bucks. That was that was that was that that was that's true. You would give him ten bucks for that. That was ad lib, boys. That was not in the script. I I I I worked on that in my notebook. I I I just kind of came up with that on my own, and I was glad I made it into the final cut. I don't know why that guy sounds kind of like Trace Atkins. Suck my fucking penis. Okay. Uh, Back down in the tunnels, Bunyan is about to run full blast through a brick off exit way and secure freedom for him and Bronzy. But the warden suddenly pops out of nowhere and shoots the big guy a bunch of times. Right before she's about to deliver the kill shot to him, Bronzy shoots her in the shoulder. She tries to reason with him, but that only makes him pull out his grenade launcher. You can't do this to a woman, she says. You may be a woman, but you're no lady, Bronzy purrs as he pulls the trigger, sending a grenade shooting out of the launcher in slow motion. And we follow, this is the one CGI thing I was cool with. We follow the grenade as it follows, it goes right through her torso and explodes upon impact with the bricked off tunnel exit behind her. Talk about Talk about hitting two birds with one stone, am I right? Okay, the 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 shot through her, I'll concede, I like it. The explosion afterwards, I oh, this oh, is dude, where it looked, it looked it this looked is so where cool. Mincy's laziness comes into that I was hey, referring to he's earlier. Not, he's not that lazy. No, not Mincy being lazy, but when he's oh. talking about lazy production. Dude, this shit looks lazy. This looks like he grabbed an After Effects stock yeah. explosion, just threw it on a wall and called it a day. I have never done an explosion before in my life, and I would put the hipster explosion of me splatting <laughs> on the camera better than this explosion. Yeah. And I was just like, are you fucking serious? And and you I, I, get paid to do this? Tut, that's my thing. I spent three ninety nine to rent this movie. I don't want to see shit that we could do better. And I'm not. I'm not that proud. I, I'm just, dude. I'm a fucking moron. And I, I, I threw something up there that looked better than this. Yeah, it looked terrible. But it, it, it. Well, first of all, her body did look terrible because it was like a, a, a total video game body blow up. And then it explodes these fake CGI bricks up. Uh, and get this. Speaking of birds, we see that terrible CGI pigeon flying around the main prison again for some stupid reason. <sighs> the SWAT team confronts the armed inmates and Bronzy's old cell neighbor Tex emerges from the riot crowd as their leader, telling the cops he's ready to negotiate as soon as the major media outlets and the governor arrive. Media and the governor sounds like Tex is going to kill two birds with one stone. Am I right, yeah, boy? You you are correct. Indeed. Okay. And get this. Speaking of birds again, we cut to the end of the wizard's tunnel where Bronzy and Bunyan find themselves 
looking up at beautiful green trees and chirping birds. They're free. Bunyan likes trees, Bunyan says. Bunyan likes trees. Bunyan suggests that if they split up, it'll be harder for them to be caught, and Bronzy think that's a win- thinks that's a winning idea. The big guy hugs Bronzy. Hey, Nell, I thought you only liked trees. <laughs> yeah, she does. Yeah, she does say that, but in his Hungarian accent. He's not as Bunyan as Shawshank Redemption ever was. Big surprise, Bronzy is not a hugger. Um, and then Br- Bunyan runs off through a dense cornfield. Aha! Woohoo! Freedom, baby! An inspired and poetic Bunyan screams as he disappears into the corn from both our lives, hopefully, and Bronzy's life forever. Bunyan, I'm going to tip my hat to you, son. I love Bunyan, you. Bunyan, we hardly knew ye. Thank God. I love you. I get the feeling like he literally ran out of the cornfield and he basically turned around and the prison was right there and he ran right back into the prison. <laughs> Mincy looks like I mean, he's having just... a knife migraine, but. Oh, no. Sorry. Something. Uh, it, it's. It was a tear in your eye because I of Bunyan. Did get something in my eye? It's not, 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 not as a joke. I literally. It's did. rodeo stuff. Rodeo stuff in your eye. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> so what's next up for Fugitive Bronzy? You're all asking. I heard you guys asking. I think. Uh, I was asking. Thank you, Yakwa. I thought it was you. Well, we join Bronzy in a cemetery where he is visiting his brother's grave. He's staying low-key now by wearing a baseball cap, as if that completely unique mustache that no one else ever wears isn't a complete giveaway. Maybe shave the mustache, Martin? No dice. Well, anywho, he's trying to pay his respects, but suddenly a couple cop cars swoop in with their noise and their cherries going full blast. And guess who's also there? That's right. Detective Borelli, the African-American... 30-something chick named Borelli, and Agent Langley, Boom Boom Washington from Welcome Back, Cotter. She tells Bronzy he can put his hands down. The governor has issued Bronzy a full pardon for all his crimes in exchange for his help in bringing down the drug smuggling operation at Pleasant Hill, which we still don't know what that was about or what was going on. Yes. Bronzy's- so the prison riot, the fact that these men were abused... But you know what? We got our drugs. Everything's good. Lock those guys back up in the same prison with the. Well, they were there for a reason. They were there for a reason, Yax. Oh, I'm assuming so. It gets better, Yax. Uh, Detective Borelli also hands Bronzy a new cell phone. And once he puts his fingerprint on it, it opens up to show that he has a cryptocurrency account installed on it with a balance of 100 thousand twenty seven five hundred dollars sitting and then we, and, which is and if you if you join the drew estate live you can also get bitcoin cryptocurrency delivered to your phone you can and that is a hundred times what he was or ten times what he was owed by uh mr renda he was owed twelve thousand but the feds just gave him a hundred twenty seven thousand five hundred which is probably worth the twelve thousand that he was originally owed in real money i i don't know how any of this stuff works anywho and then we spend the next minute in what can only be described as a bizarre infomercial for cryptocurrency 
where the two smiling law enforcement officers explain to a very confused Bronzy and a very confused me and you guys, the audience, how this new form of currency works. What? What now? <laughs> That's the right response. It's, it's, it's like money, but not money. She's like, well, it's like money. You can do stuff with it, but it's not like money. Maybe? I, I, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what the fuck this moment was about. And neither does Bronzy. <laughs> it was a completely out of nowhere commercial for cryptocurrency <laughs> that was not very well executed. I'm guessing they got paid to do this. Most likely. I mean, but I was wondering... <laughs> What is it? It's cryptocurrency. No. What? Eight. It's like money. I can, I can buy goat horses and feed with this. Well, no, you can't buy anything with it, but it's real money. <laughs> just just go with okay. it, Bronzy. Okay. And then uh, Agent, Langley, Agent Langley chomping on a cigar sweetens the pot by offering Bronzy a job coming to work with him. Because, you know... Bronzy's a natural fit to go in undercover in almost any situation. This guy that looks just like Charles Bronson and speaks horrible English. I can really use I can really use you, Bronzy. I can really use you. Yes, you can. Bronzy says he'll think about it. He gives them the trademark Charles Bronson wink and a gunpoint salute and walks off. Uh, and that's that. But it's not that. Wait, there's more. We then drop in on Bronzy, now dressed in all black with a black leather coat, carrying a souvenir ball peen hammer, as he revisits Renda Rubber Products to get his revenge on the man who killed his brother. He said he would do this. You don't kill Bronzy's brother and get away with it. As Mr. Renda begs for his life, Bronzy smiles and says, I'm going to try to do this one actually in his Hungarian accent. So bear with me. I'll do the best I can. My brother was the good son. I'm the bad son. What you Americans call the black sheep of the family. And then he tosses Nicholas Turturro into an industrial grinder that chops him up into little pieces. Don't, don't do that. Yeah. yeah, don't, don't. That's why I didn't do it the whole movie. It's terrible. I know. I know. I know. Stuck with, you should stuck with the pattern. The end. Bronzy gets his justice. He gets his revenge. The end. You sounded like if it was Arnold on a cassette tape that got stuck in an old cassette player and was starting to go real slow. <laughs> Sorry, Bronzy sounded like... You need feedback. We're all here to get better. Bronzy sounded to me like Drago in, 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 in Rocky Four. Thank you. No, once again, I think my analogy of on a cassette tape that got stuck in the play and was like, <laughs> well, I've I've also had like eight beers, so take that in take that into account. Uh, I'm gonna Go stand ahead. by I'm gonna stand by my philosophy that if you cast Bronzy in your film. You need to dub, you need to dub have an expert dub a a Bronson voice over him. That's where you get your full money's worth. Agreed wholeheartedly. Tut, I know you said it didn't bother you him speaking in his thing, but I want the full Bronzy experience, which is 
let him be the show. Let someone else do the voice. We're giving this gift of 20 more years of Charles Bronson. Let's get, let's get the full thing out of it. Or at least six years of Charles Bronson. And, you know, I'm not going to argue against it. Uh, I think that it would have been a better movie with the voice. So yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll go ahead. And say yeah, go everybody, ahead. everybody. If you're going to use Bronzy, uh, just just call us and we'll we'll do the voice. I mean, oh, we work, please, please. We work, we work for cigars and booze. We're we're pretty fucking cheap. Uh, uh, just just give us a call. The fucking but director was, of Death Kiss said that he would love us. He said we were phenomenal, and uh, and he made a, a really phenomenal the the quintessential Bronzy film at this point. So. But we haven't yet to see the gardener in about a month's time. So that is true. Uh, there is a chance, folks, that we will be doing another bronzy. I can't help ourselves. Uh, we'll probably do the gardener. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not kidding. He is my Danny Trejo. I will watch any movie that he's in. I will rent it. I will, I will pay do. money. We'll we'll do it. I feel like we've been given this gift of bronzy, and we should cherish it and celebrate it and. I just want it to be the best gift that it can be. So I think uh, this was a uh, really fun movie to follow up the March to Halloween horror madness. Uh, you mentioned at one point, Tut, this was exactly what the doctor ordered for you and uh, everything you got going on in your world. I hope you other two boys had fun with it. Absolutely. Um, and if whatever fun you didn't have with it, I hope we created some fun out of it. Uh, that's what we do. So uh, I actually, I'm going to stick with it. I think this might be one of those shows where our show is way more entertaining to listen to than the the movie itself is to watch. Um, so uh, I think this was a good call and I had a lot of fun. Uh, Tuck, give us some links. All right. So if you're on Instagram, hit us up at, at TNCC underscore podcast. I put a shot out to Stallone. I'm like, you need to put Bronzy in the next Expendables if you follow us on Instagram, maybe you'll see whether he answers us or not. Uh, you can also join us on Twitter, at TNCCCast. Join us on Facebook, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Please subscribe to us on YouTube, Tuesday Night Cigar Club, because trust me, there is nothing like watching this podcast on YouTube. I mean, the podcast is great. you on audio only, and it's funny as hell. But when you see our expressions on YouTube, it makes it that much better. So please join us there. Also, uh, hey, if you're going to do a little shopping for Christmas, hit us up on TuesdayNightCigarClub.com. Click on the Amazon banner. Do your shopping from there. If you want to buy any of the cigars that you hear on the podcast, hit us up on TuesdayNightCigarClub.com. And then uh, click on the Famous Smoke Shop banner there. It will automatically, you don't even have to do anything. It will automatically put in the promo code TNCC20 for you there. You spend 100 bucks, it drops you 20 bucks off on that. It's like 20% off. Trust me, I got A's in calculus, at least in most of it. And it's 20% off there. You can't go wrong with it. Would you listen to Yellowstone? Or would you prefer to watch Yellowstone? Great point. I'm watching Yellowstone. Would you listen to Monarch or would you watch Monarch featuring country western music superstar Trace Atkins? Well, I don't know. We'll have to find out. I think you should watch. Tut's got the cowboy hat on. You got a whole lot. You got four squares on your screen of a whole lot of handsomeness. 
uh, watch us on YouTube. I can't stress that enough. The, the, the more we evolve, the more that uh, I'm a firm believer that YouTube is the way to, hey, 1.5 million YouTube viewers can't be wrong. That is true. They like that what they true. see. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, I will leave you with this. May the wings of liberty never lose a feather. Um, we will see you in two weeks. We're getting close, boys. Next next week, next show is 150. I feel really good about this. You know like, I'm wearing you know I'm wearing my tuxedo t-shirt for that one. Uh, <laughs> so I gotta pick out something good. Something crazy, something good. Uh, we will do it. Thank you very much. And uh, we will see you then. Sayonara, motherfuckers. Be good. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Man, this bronzy guy sure seems to know what he's doing. Hmm, maybe I'll grow a mustache and change my name to Keith Selleck. Already got the short shorts, and I've been contemplating making the transition to a Hawaiian private detective for a few years now anyhow. Yeah, this seems like a plan with nothing but promise. Unless I end up looking like an 80s gay porno star instead. Which I almost certainly will. Again. And thus begins yet another exciting new chapter in the life of Dong Selleck. Shit. Well, anywho, to learn more about the cigars enjoyed on tonight's episode, please visit room101cigars.com. For more on O'Brien's Irish Pub, the live music leader in Central Texas, please visit O'Brien'sTemple.com and download their free smartphone app, where you'll find full beer listings including over 40 on tap, menu information, and a calendar of upcoming live events. To listen and purchase music heard on tonight's program, check out www.fritzbeermusic.com. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. This is Keith A. Howell saying, until next time, friends, unless we see you sooner at the pub. So keep it smoky, and for God's sake, keep it ballsy as well. <laughs>